say I'm, I'm leaving because I have to work tomorrow. Oh, okay. Keep telling the just keep let's, telling it. Just keep telling the story. Live stream. Well, the, 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 is that we do. Is the audience? Are you? Is you the can story click too good leave for the meeting. I'm leaving because I have to work tomorrow. <laughs> oh, <laughs> coming. We always come in hot. Finish the story. Telling the story. What was in the middle of a good story? Is the story? It was all twenty-three. So, this is uh, unlistenable. <laughs> this is unlistenable. <laughs> the final element of the sync to add to the 23 of it all was um so you know I talk about Leo and Stitch a lot, but the reason why I talk about Leo and Stitch a lot is because my family we all have always enjoyed Leo and Stitch. Well Leo and Stitch family. And so I went to go um, shared a post my uh, social media um, to wish my sister a happy birthday because she lives in a different state. And I was going to use a song from Lilo and Stitch, and I decided to use the cover of Elvis's Burning Love from the movie, which is covered by Wyona. I was, I did not know this at the time, but my sister told me today that the name she was thinking of naming her child is Wyona. Mm. Cool. And Wyona translates to 23 in Gematria. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Someone break that up for me. Depends on how many ends you use. Yeah, how many ends are in Wyona? So when Nona yeah. Judd. Yeah, Wyona Judd did the cover. Uh huh. Got Ryder. How does that connect to Judd Apatow? I don't know. Tell me. <laughs> I just thought it was a cool. I just thought it was a fun scene. I just wanted to share it with you guys. <laughs> yeah, love it. <laughs> I I like that we can rip each other. That was fun. Yes. <laughs> Synchronicities are always strange when you watch them happening. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a new guest tonight who's not too new to, to all of us. We kind of know this guy a little bit already. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Um, I'm Robbie or Robert Marks. Um, I'm an artist and I basically uh, create stuff for the music industry, the cannabis industry. Um, I try to do some stuff for myself every once in a while um and uh yeah and then i i recently started a passive podcast of interviews i've done with other podcasts um called the meta mindcast with uh, oh, cool. mix, yeah mix in some of my own recordings as well so but yeah i've been doing art now um professionally for right about 35 36 years so it's uh it's been a minute We've got a real web page here. We'd like to hide yeah. that in a moment. Get those links, man. Yeah. I the first question I had was, are are you a Mark's brother? <laughs> like um, I, often, I often tell people I'm neither a comedian nor a communist. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. That's what we need to um, make clear. Richard. Right away. Richard? Right, right, right. Richard. Cousin Richard? Yeah. Oh, well, my brother's Richard, actually, but he's oh. my Double X stepbrother, his last name's Earl's, not Marx. So, Marx, Marx. But, but I mean, you are you are a Marxist, right? I mean, in, in I, the terms of that, you're you're kind of pro 
yourself and your family so you're obviously a marxist right right in the sense of uh you know um right right being a marx um i like to get the marx <laughs> name out there you know <laughs> yeah yeah so but yeah no i've uh over the course of being a marx um i've studied marx <laughs> and English pretty extensively um i've gone back and watched a lot of the old marx brothers movies and, a lot of uh, Marx Brothers movies, right? It's like ah. <laughs> duck soup, <laughs> duck soup. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, it's uh, and as as far as I know, um, you know, I'm not even sure if I'm actually related to either and or both. Um, but but my name is Marx. So sure, yeah, sure. So <laughs> we want to feed the sure. algorithm here. Yeah, we want to well, see the algorithm with uh, <laughs> pictures of Karl Karl Marx. Karl Marx, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and you look, look just like him here. He I is. Was gonna, here. So there's a, there's a guy on Twitter that um, I know, right? <laughs> He's got, <laughs> but uh, there's, there's a guy on Twitter that does like templates of people from history. And then he found me and he's like, "This guy is fucking Karl Marx." <laughs> oh my you know, god he's like the, the reincarnation right here are you, are you the reincarnation of carl like you've learned your lessons last time and like you're like oh fuck that and now i'm atoning for my uh atoning for uh, the <laughs> yeah for the earth right. and all the sins of uh the the precipitation of communism all right uh, i'm sorry to have that karma sorry bro <laughs> I don't claim it. So. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> I would not. Oh, yeah. That's hilarious, man. Right, right. That mustache, though, man. Yeah, that is, that is pretty sweet, though. I mean, come on. If you're going to go for a look. I, it's pretty close. It's pretty so, good. Yeah. My wife keeps trying <laughs> to cut it. So. Right on. So are, how did you? We are one of the top you, beard based podcasts. By we her. are very, very beard heavy. Yes. Um, <laughs> um the uh, oh, what was I going to ask? Shit. Um, how did you find the spiders? You've been in the chat for how long? Oh, on and off for a long time. Um, and, I, and even before that, I was you know into the RX Picture Show. Um, really, climbing. Um, you know, was in correspondence with her a little bit back in the day. Um, mm -hmm. you know, so kind of, I think it was Tracy that led me to the RX picture show and then the RX picture show led me to the spiders. So it's, yeah, yeah. Right on. Cool. Gordy, did you lose son? I don't see I you. did. I did. I lost sunlight. I don't see you. <laughs> Completely I can turn the camera on. Do you have a flashlight? You can just shine your, up your nose. Show my face. Yeah. Chris had yeah. to take it so no. long with the story. <laughs> I would, I'd be towed on long windish. Yeah. <laughs> so bring it back to Mark's. Welcome. Yeah. Nice to meet well, you. And that's what I was also going to say. Speaking of the 23 and mm -hmm. 23 and me, I've never done one of those genetic things. I've always been like, you know, no, nah, I don't think I want to. And now we see this, you know, selling off yep. the data. And yeah. I've said this before, but also Disney uses 23 with their D23. Mm. I, I've never figured out how they get the 23-sided dice 
to to work right. just a yeah. confusing thing there well and that goes back also into the whole 23 phenomena that william burroughs got into you know if you've ever heard about all that and the Absolutely. sinking of the yeah, yeah the ship and the captain and all the 23s and then robert Anton 23 and, flavors and dr pepper yeah what is it uh baskin <laughs> and robbins 23 flavors mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah the 23 is an interesting number what 20 and then the jim carrey movie 23 yeah it's like Oh yeah, twenty-four well, flavors would be ridiculous. Right, they had to stop at twenty-three. <laughs> no, it wasn't Baskin Robbins thirty-six. Maybe. Thought, well, no. Let's let's be specific here. I think there's a tw- there probably are twenty-four flavors, and the zero flavor is probably the default flavor, which I think is vanilla. So vanilla is yeah. the zero flavor. What? <laughs> This zero. <laughs> How much vanilla is zero? Are we counting? Yeah. Counting zero as a digit. Right. I mean, we're, we're, we're not talk- counting zero as a digit. Is the, that what we're? The the, the we're chemical not. composition, the structure of ice cream. That's that's the zero because it's without flavor. It's you know, and then but it's already kind of got the vanilla flavor because it's got the milk in it. Milk is kind of like comes from the white cow. Oh, uh, it's only it's thirty one flavors. 31 that's it i knew it wasn't it's i think it's dr pepper that has the 23 flavors or the 23 ingredients or whatever they marcus think about cows well what what is the default flavor of ice cream and then the chemical composition the structure the snowflake (laughs) of the 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 ice cream that's what is that he just really default flavor of ice cream is vanilla bean because yeah. you put vanilla beans in there, not because white cows are vanilla, you racist. Well, then that's that's the zero flavor. <laughs> that's the zero flavor ice cream. And where where does chocolate and strawberry ice cream come from, Alan? Well, uh, no, it's, Napoleon. It's the, it's the basis. Oh it's the basis of Cold Stone Creamery. You know, Dairy Queen. They all know that people don't buy vanilla ice cream. They want you, you sell them the upgrades to to put the stuff in it, and that's yeah. how they make the money. I do the, you put you're saying putting stuff in. How do they take stuff out with lact? Where is it lactate? Mm. Lact the how do they take the lactose out, Alan? Please, is that is that the missing? No, no. Don't don't flavor? answer that question. Yes, don't answer that it. question. I don't care. I don't care. They lactose. I do actually have an answer for this. I knew and it. With it. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you did. <laughs> <laughs> the lactose is the default. <laughs> yeah, well, lactose—it's from an A two. It's from the A. It's from the A one cows, and mm. most cows are A one cows. Your Holsteins and whatnot that produce mm. large quantities of milk. Uh, A two milk is completely digestible, so that's you don't have those uh, problems. It's actually uh, the A one pro, or the A one protein that protein, uh, people yeah. are rejecting. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, is that so. I I love that. I we all knew that. Like Ben's gonna know this exact whole process, and, <laughs> that's, and that's we're gonna why, we're gonna hear that's about. Why it. I like, asked. That is kind of fucking cool. Why, yep. <laughs> my grand my grandpa drinks lactate that that milk, and yep. I was like, I've never looked into how that was done. So figured Ben would know. 
digestibility. Whoa. Milk farts. <laughs> that could be messy. <laughs> so, uh, what, that, you've been into the RX Only Picture Show. Were you ever in the like the THC chats when that no. was going down? No, okay. no. I was on that side over there with the. Uh, so Tracy would pop in every once in a while. I think that's where I got introduced to her. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. So weird rural. We re we have rehabilitated since then. Yeah, yeah, well, we're we're trying like recovery is hard, man. Yes. Oh, dude, there's, yeah. See, like I am looking right right now at. I'm pointing. You can't see me because my camera's off. Um, some military maneuvers right now that people could, you know, I don't know if you guys saw. saw Cheney posted um, a B two going over Miami skyscrapers. Hmm. And uh, people were freaking out because it was being shared on Instagram. And in the in the chat, if you go to the post, it was saying how like it was posted by a um, somebody who was in the military around Miami or whatever, and they were saying that that's a normal thing. We do that all the time, and mm. everybody's like, "The fuck you do!" Like we fucking live here. Mm. Now it was here, just threatening. You know, watching yeah. a, if you've ever been near a B two bomber, B2, it's a big. fucking huge, fucking intimidating machine, oh, man. Yeah. yeah, we get a lot of uh, military exercises over New Hampshire, man. Right on, yeah, you do. Yeah, flying all kinds of uh, jets and um, yeah, big helicopter fleets moving through and um, yeah. Do you believe in jets? Well, I've seen jets, so. Or I mean, do, do you believe that they fly the the way that the, they, they say they, they, they do? do? Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, yes. Yes, know. they do. And well, <laughs> oh my god, they, why they are we guessing? Right, the same jet. Birds are real. <laughs> you know, for water. Um. It's uh yeah, I think it's a way to you know force water into higher <laughs> water oil into higher velocities, you know. So, but what you think they got two little? Uh, it's, it's the fl it's the flow field, state. Right? Once once right. they get up in the jet stream, then they you know maybe they don't burn as much fuel as they need yeah. to. People would yeah. say, I don't. know. I think they knock everyone out. They make sure everyone's asleep with their neck pillows. And the mm -hmm. power of dreams gets them to mm -hmm. their destination. Kind of like Dune. Yeah. You know that when they get high enough, the angels just take over. Don't fucking bullshit. The blue angels. <laughs> so when did you? Uh, whoa, no, I'm going to ask him the question. When did he make his? When did you make your first artwork? When did you make something? You're like, that's art. I'm going to do another one. Make another um, one. Yeah, I used to like uh, early on, I used to just like sit with crayons and 
Um, I used to copy like the Sunday morning cartoons and um, for a while I got really into drawing like ninja kind of you know, anthropomorphic anthropomorphized like characters like um, roosters and monkeys doing you know kung fu and then I got into big cars but the first time I ever um, like cars with Corvettes with big wheels um, but the first time I, I did a piece of art um i was working at a restaurant and uh the head cook there saw what i was doing and he offered to pay me for a, a piece that i had done and uh i sold my first piece of art for like a hundred dollars and that was like back in uh had to be like 80s or 85 around 18, in there. 1885 right right and um then i just uh started doing you know i was doing house party flyers um at the time i was djing too like house parties and stuff oh, um yeah. oh cool then, i've done video vj video jockeying stuff myself oh nice nice yeah, yeah. um you have your hair up like this like, like uh part. like kid rock yeah. back in the day uh, when he had the high top fade <laughs> yeah you had the house party haircut right, right oh yeah what was that guy's name was it just kid Kid and flow or something. Oh, kid and play, yeah. Kid and yeah. play, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had a high top fade too, yeah. Um, but but it got to a point where I said, you know, because I was DJing and I was doing the art and I was like into the whole kind of uh, b boy thing, I guess you would say, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and at a certain point, I was like, I have to pick like one and and strictly focus on it. And then I kind of started just doing the art and um, started selling it actually at, at shows like concerts, um, like in the parking lots. And, um, you know, um, did really well for a, for a teenager, you know, and um, that's kind of carried me to where I am now. And, you know, I leave, uh, like, like we were saying, I leave Saturday and I'm basically going out and half my summer is going to be work. And then the other half is going to be kind of drifting around and just kind of camping a lot and playing, you know? So, yeah. Right on. What is your, out of all the projects you've done, what is one that I guess you could tell you maybe your favorite or one that sticks out to you the most? Mm. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. There's been a lot of high points. Um, I did, uh, you know, I did some stuff for the Grateful Dead at one point. Um, right. I did a, uh, one poster with, uh, Tom Petty and Dave Matthews on it. Um, and, uh, I just like, uh, you know, I just said on Twitter that I just finished up a piece for Pink Floyd. So that's going to be, uh, officially licensed, you know, merch piece for their 50th anniversary of the dark side yeah, yeah yeah very so, cool yeah so there's been you know some some like uh new riders of the purple sage i was working with them doing a couple things for them i did uh david nelson's uh label for his winery out there um just uh all kinds of like you know small and big projects and um sometime well and that's i like to have the time home in the winter because um, basically I, I'm just like a hermit and I kind of exist in my own 
bubble. And basically I, I entertain my wife when she's here. And other than that, I'm kind of, you know, just in my own space. And, um, so I basically just kind of focus on cranking out, you know, stuff for clients. And, um, a lot of my clients give me a hundred percent creative freedom. Um, it's, uh, you know, somehow I've made a career out of it, you know? Wow. So they're wow. giving you a hundred percent creative Congratulations, freedom man. and they, they, you have final say on what your design is going to be for them. Sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, the wow. people that, that I, a lot of the people that I work with, they know what I do. They've been, I mean, you know, I've got a 35 year, you know, track right. record of, of, you know, my portfolio. So it's like, they're just like, just do what you do. And that's, you know, and, uh, but then you got other, you know, people that they had, you know, and I find that the people that have, um, something specific in mind, um, they generally really don't know what they want, uh, <laughs> you know, and, yeah, and in those cases, yeah, you go through, you know, um, what was it? Oh, Florida Georgia line. I was doing their posters for a couple of years and like, uh, we would just go through multiple rounds of sketches, you know, and it's, you know, um, it, it paid decent and I was happy to reciprocate. And in a way with all the, uh, constant change, I mean, cause you got to figure with the art, you almost come to a place where it's not about, um, necessarily, um, what you're putting out in a lot of ways, but the act of making the art itself, you know, so kind of going through and de you know, and a lot of times when you're working with people, you're like, um, trying to bring their vision or their dream to life. So you're kind of like the medium through which they're working. So you kind of have to relinquish some of the ego and some of the, uh, you know, the um, sentiment that you might hold towards certain things. And I think some of that hammering out actually in the end attributes to a finer product, you know, um, the Pink Floyd project, man, we were going back and forth for almost eight months before we got finalization, you know, because mm. they had to send it to the, to the board and then the board would look at it and then make this adjustment, make that adjustment. And then at a certain point it was like completely get rid of this and we want this now. And so you kind of have to like, you know, be in that flow state and be very fluid and open to the movement that that entails, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's wow. That's a delicate dance with a client too. It is. It is. You know, yeah, yeah. that was a piece I, I've of never. Work. Go ahead. Oh, I'm just relating to like times that I worked at a t-shirt shop doing other people's, you know, cleaning up other people's art or I did it. I did it for like a graphics for a, an expo company for a little while. And mm -hmm. I was like, I was, it was a fucking nightmare. Just mm -hmm. trying to, just trying to deal with industrial clients. Oh, yeah. Man, it was. <laughs> no thank you i didn't say that job very long <laughs> yeah and, and it is hard working with uh because i ran a screenshot for about seven years and uh yeah you know basically i was doing the art and i was doing the printing and i was doing you know the the distribution and it was i mean it, you know i, I love was, that stuff 
Oh yeah. But it, at a certain point, man, you know, like my wife was like, you know, you work with, you work for yourself so that you can have, you know, time off when you want it. But I was like, you know, riding the press for like 38 hours on Christmas, or I was like, you know, trying to get new year's posters done. And like, so it's like this perpetual thing of, That's a man. Um, yeah. You know. <laughs> um, but you know, I got rid of the screen shop and uh, I outsourced my stuff to a couple guys I've been working with now, you know, for, for a good while. So that I trust that I can depend on, you know? Right so, on. Yeah. It's marksmarks.com. M-A-R-X. Yeah. And if you want to see the newer stuff, I would say check out the, cause I actually just got access back to my website. I had lost it for about three years. Uh, uh -oh. over, yeah over covid they changed the password and sure. then they, they would only communicate through email and then they like and they never replied to the emails so i finally got a hold of the guy so i'm going to be updating the website i'm planning this next winter um but if you check my instagram that's probably where you're going to see my newer stuff and and that's your okay yeah plug your plug your instagram handle yeah. yeah, it's uh, Robbie R O B B Y Marks M A R X. Oh yeah, of course. I I follow that. Yeah. And that's, that's got, bitching, man. It's it's been a pursuit of my my passion, um, you know. Uh, and I, you know, initially when I told my parents that I was going to be an artist, you know, my dad he was like, "You're going to starve. You're going to be, you yeah. know, you're not." And that's what they do. Now, right right and you do i did i started yeah. for years you know um and uh lately the last like you know um eight or ten years you know my dad's like make sure you set aside time to do art for yourself you know don't just do all client art and it's like so you know but i mean parents they're just trying to look out for the best interest you know right so I mean, kids are going to run wild. Like my daughter, she just uh, decided they're moving out to Colorado. So they're out there looking for uh, jobs right now. So. <laughs> yeah, apparently I, I already follow you too. I, I searched you. I told you guys, you, you yeah. know, this, you get, you know, this guy, it's just, we haven't. I do know this guy. Met. Oh, right on. Okay. So uh, what prompted you to make the podcast? Robbie. So people in my life were telling me, uh, you need to do a podcast. You need to do, cause like, well, you figure going to all these festivals and all these shows and kind of being a vagabond and rolling around the country for all these years, um, wherever I would set up, basically I would have people come in and, you know, we would just talk, you know, craziness like all night, you know, yeah. Uh, at these shows and um a lot of people in a lot of you know altered states of consciousness and you know different ways of thinking and just a lot of wingnut conspiracies going on and uh you know it was it was probably my daughter that was like you know you need you need to do so. and i was like i was really resistant to um the whole idea of mass communicating but i kind of got past my own ego i guess um, and then once I started doing the interviews with different people, you know, it's just kind of been cumulative. So I just kind of took those interviews and passively, it's like a meta podcast, you know, um, 
it's kind of a, an accumulation of other material that becomes its own, you know? Right on. What have you got? What have you got? Is this just you? Or are you interviewing people? No, mostly other people interviewing me. And then right. mixed in. Now mixed in, I do have, um, I basically started like b taking notes on all the stuff I was researching and reading and started building this database. Um, I've got about probably 80, 90,000 notes that I've accumulated and started building this uh, esoteric like um, timeline. And um, so I've kind of, I've taken those writings and kind of recorded them and gotten it mastered down with some music that I did. And I'm kind of releasing those like every fifth one is one of the recordings that I'm doing about just kind of uh, esoteric philosophy and kind of the dialectic and, you know, different um, conceptual understandings of different philosophies through time, you know. Jim, that sounds that sounds rad. Dude. Well, and are you enjoying yeah. it? How long have you been doing it? Um, researching for probably since I was 14 or 15, um, taking notes on what I was reading, probably five or six years, you know, and then You're COVID, one of those kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then when COVID happened, um, kind of uh, the whole lifestyle that I was accustomed to um, kind of got shut down in the music industry. You know, I had like uh, eight industry jobs like that I was working on and um, the music industry collapsed. And so I basically just had all this time all of a sudden and I was like, OK, I'm going to do something for myself. Um, so I did some art for myself and then I had found this thread through the course of my research about Nimrod um, being the first skinwalker. And um, so I kind of wrote a book. Really? Um, yeah, it's at the editor right now. Um, he's going to be done with it in August. And then uh, this summer, I'm working on illustrations for it. So um, I'm looking at trying to have it um, self-published um, physical copies, um, hopefully by this, this next Christmas coming up. We'll see. We'll see. It's, it's a lot of work. So. Wow, man. Yeah, that sounds like a ton of work. But I enjoy man, it. That's, that's really cool that you're doing that, though. And it, like, what are, you, it, what are you finding? What am I finding? Like, what, are you, what blew your mind? What's, like, blowing your mind when you're... Oh, man. What would be the thing that would be, like, what the that's, fuck? It's, well, that's the thing, you know, going through all this research, man, you, you know, if you're really digging and you're really, like, cross comparing and contrasting and like um i mean i'm blowing my mind like frequently like on just all kinds of subject matter you know and um you know from esoteric histories to you know modern mk ultra to you know religious studies to you know you just i mean the whole plethora of of existence is just fascinating to me you know cool yeah you know what's really funny is there's, uh, there's been some Nimrod sinks. Mm. Have you, have you been, since you've been doing this, have you like been finding it all over the place? All over the place, man. Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd, you know, Elmer Fudd's the, he's the great hunter and Nimrod was the great hunter. Um, yep. And then you get into the very first um, 
gaming computer that they created for the World's Fair um, that was run on springs and, and pistons um, was called Nimrod. So it's, you know, it's, you just, I mean, and then, you know, you just find it in so many places. It's, and then when you get into the Nimrod research, um, you find that there's crossover, um, that there's the possibility that Nimrod was Osiris, that Nimrod was, um, you know, multi, basically he ruled over, um, seven seas and six lands. So, 13 birth and, and death and rebirth. Um, but you know, so he was like King Minos and he was like Osiris and he was like Nimrod. And so it's just interesting how he kind of flows over into all these different philosophies. Um, and it was at the point when he got, um, the skin of Adam basically, um, and put the skin of Adam on at the age of 22, um, that he became the first, yeah, recorded skinwalker in the histories. So. Wow, man. Huh? Yeah. So what is, have you found a connection with Hermes and Nimrod? Hermes and Nimrod. Yeah. Um, it's when you look at Hermes and you trace Hermes back to Thoth, basically, um, you know, Hermes goes more to Thoth or to Houdi, um, whereas Nimrod goes more to Osiris. So, but, uh, you know, Thoth was present, um, at a lot of the stuff that was going on with Osiris. Um, you know, he rode in the, the, uh, boat as as osiris's companion and secretary um but so there are some interlinking of the philosophies and the characters you know um but yeah it's uh yeah it's interesting interesting little road to to wander down you know the name nimrod related to hunter but also to idiot and right. you're saying Elmer Fudd is kind of that cartoon character, idiot hunter archetype. Right. Uh, can you did you trace back the origin of the idea of being an idiot with the name uh, title of Nimrod and where that well, maybe came back from? Right. And oh, and yeah. the thing was the reason he Elmer. was like an idiot was because, um, like uh, he was shamed, he, right? he was shamed yeah and he basically ended up falling and here's the other thing there was actually nimrod the younger and nimrod the elder or the greater well okay so nimrod the younger was the greater he was the one that became the most powerful um nimrod the elder is who i kind of relate back to thoth or thoth and and the greater is more annoying because he was always just grading on well, and then the younger Nimrod, I mean, he basically was arrogant. Um, he was going around and, right. you know, take, taking by plunder and force, um, crucifying kings live. Um, but he basically... He would wear animal skins or the skins of his enemies, right? Yeah, he would wear uh, the leopard skin. Um, leopard skin, that's right. Right, right. And when you get into the leopard, um, that relates into the ideas of liberty um, and the idea of liber, which when you take that back, that's to spill out drop by drop because the leopard is one of the only animals that will capture its prey and then basically play with it and then eviscerate mm-hmm. it and drink all the blood before it eats it. 
you know, so it's this idea of liberty and blood and, you know, getting back into Liber and, and, you know, going back into the different goddesses and, and the ideas of right. and the blood yeah. drinking of the time. And it's, uh, it's some pretty, pretty, you know, and, and even, um, there's one description that, um, as, uh, they would basically, as the goddess, um, Inanna or, um, mother Rhea, um, would basically birth the infant. Um, Nimrod was there in the form of like a, a black colossal snake that would devour the infant as soon as it entered into this reality. You know, it's, uh, there's some, some pretty wild stuff going back into that. That whole and that you know that's more into because you you cross over from Egypt into Sumar into you know um, into the Greek into it's it's like I said uh, six yeah because he show he shows up in apocryphal stuff all the time right oh yeah yeah and yeah um, Nimrod was also um, the one that was uh, the ruler um, when um, Abraham's father um, Terah. Mm-hmm. Tara worked for Nimrod as like his major domo or, or his secretary. And um, so it was uh, Nimrod's, um, you know, domo that domo. basically was the father, Domo Origato. Domo, 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 Domo. <laughs> that domo. was the father of uh, Abraham. Right, right. Now, when, when you domo. say wine was when you call one the younger one and one the older one are these two separate in the in entities or yeah, are they the same the from different yeah. right i think that that's the that the elder who was the lesser um he basically was thoth um or tahuti in egypt and basically he was also behind the uh building of the tower of babel and um when the tower of babel collapsed and they divided the tongues and the nations um basically nimrod i think nimrod because if you read virgil um he talks about um latinus or saturn basically fleeing after the fall of the tower of babel and he comes into italy and sets up the latin language or you know uh, he was latinus or the hidden one basically um being saturn so i think that when the tower of babel fell the elder nimrod kind of went to italy and set up a new um society basically um and i think that's where the etruscans basically arose out of at that point um but then the younger nimrod was basically put in charge um over the 70 or 72 or 88 in the ugaric different um new fathers of the nations when they divided the tongues and um you know he basically ruled over his whole swath at that point how many times did they divide the tongue? Was it 23 times? Yeah, right, right. Um, yeah, it depends on the text. Um, you know, the Hebrew text will say 70. Um, you have some references to 72. Um, the Ugaric is 88. Um, it, there's, there's various stories from different cultures um, that break it down in different ways, you know. So that's talking about the Liber, the books, the knowledge, the written word, the spoken word, and right. then uh, Tower of Babel and getting to Babylon and babbling and speaking and confusion of, of languages. And you talk about Latinus. Yep. 
and setting up the Latin, being one of the new languages. And if you get into uh, the Book of Invasions, um, they actually talk about, um, and this is an Irish text that they basically compiled from numerous spines. Um, they basically talk about Phineas um, Farside was uh, in Egypt and he went to the uh, Tower of Babel after it fell. And they basically talk about the fact that they had schools set up where they were teaching these children the, the new different languages um, and then basically sending them out in like almost tribes to these new regions to, and then the, uh, what was it? The Tutinana basically, um, were they came in and overrode the Furbog in Ireland. And that's when basically the, the new language was brought into Ireland at that point, you know? So it's, uh, yeah, it gets pretty interesting. Wow, dude. Yeah. You've been digging at this for a little while, huh? Oh uh, yeah. A little while, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Man, when something, something like that gets on your radar. Yeah. And you start going in, you? yeah, you start, it starts popping up in random places and like, you know, uh, just the whole thing when I got to the point of uh, that Nimrod computer being the first gaming computer at the World's Fair and then just how kind of the, the gaming computer is affecting us now with the, uh, you know, the scrying devices that we like to participate with. Wasn't it, wasn't it the first, um, the, the Nimrod, like the first one at the uh, like, like the '30s World Fair, like the first one of the big automatons, wasn't that called uh, Nimrod too? It might have been. I'm not. Uh, I'm not aware of that. Yeah. I could. I could be wrong, but I like it's ringing a bell when you were talking about the the gaming computer. I was like, oh, I think that mm -hmm. thing was too. It was like this weird, creepy uh, Metropolis-looking thing. Thing. But it was like it was just like pipes and stuff, you know, just to yeah. like stuck together to look like a man with like I don't know. It's somebody it, Alan can probably find it mm. doing an image search. I don't know. Going back, I, to I could be <laughs> I think it might have been earlier than that. Fritz Lang. When was that? When was Metropolis filmed? Like in the twenties? Nineteen twenty. It might have been twenty three, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I'm seeing a birdie the brain here, the Nimatron. Uh, and then you have the, the secret of Nim too, which I oh. wonder how that gets into like, you know, that the hidden forces of, of Nimrod. It's called Electro the Robot. Made his debut in 1939 World Fair. He was a sensation. <laughs> he could walk, talk, even smoke a cigarette, all with voice control. But his soaring success as America's favorite robot wouldn't last forever, and he was almost lost to retro tech history as a jumble of dismantled parts. Mm. Is that like a reverse e-cigarette? Like a, a kid who's smoking an e-cigarette, but it's a robot smoking an organic rolled cigarette? His name was possible. Atlas. Check your power supply. Right. Sure it doesn't smoke. It's there like what Bender on Futurama with electricity. Oh, and he smokes the cigar. Oh, there's a, oh, a big mummy cigar. Right? That's a, got a mummy, working on huh? a schedule there with his performances. 
That's a contrast yeah. for you. The ancient mummy to the futuristic man machine robot. Oh yeah, interesting, huh? Uh, hmm. His name was what? Electro. Electro. Okay. okay. Next performance. Ten o'clock. SBL just been here for a while. What's up, man? Greetings. I'm really glad to see you, Robbie. That's yeah. Fucking great, great, great man. Good to talk to you, man. And uh, I was listening in the truck. I ran, a, you know, I'm a sucker for free stuff. And somebody has given away a drum and like a broken hi hat and some hardware nice. and some old cables. And it's like, why shouldn't I drive and pick it up? <laughs> Probably because I already have too much junk is the answer, but it's too late now. Now I'm standing here sorting through it. So, yeah, yeah. It's my precious. <laughs> so uh here in new hampshire everybody when they're done with whatever they you know don't want anymore we kind of just like put it out on the side of the road for like a yeah. week before we take it to the dump and yeah. uh i had taken some stuff uh like a cabinet and some other stuff and put it out at the end of my little road here and my neighbor he had just moved up here from florida during uh covid and he was like i just hate how these people just leave all this and i was like oh yeah well that's my stuff I was like, you know, I'll leave it there. I was like, I'll leave it there for a week, and if nobody wants it, I'll take it to the trash. But you know, if you want it, you can, you're welcome to it. It's like, you know, I just don't want to just throw it away. No, it's yeah, like, it's tradition, you know. Yeah. You can't try to sell everything. I sell some things on Facebook, but right. you know, I mean, it has to be worth it. it has to be at least, at least worth thirty bucks or something, right. you know, right. or it's not worth it. And then people yeah. still, you know, they don't show up when they say they want to buy it, and they want right. to try and talk you down and on and on you know yeah but, so i uh, had uh i had some front steps that i had built that and i rebuilt them because they were getting rotten and i put them up on facebook for uh, i think a hundred bucks which is way less than the cost of lumber and right. so somebody on facebook got a hold of me and when they came over it was my friend's mom and i was like you could just have them just take them right <laughs> you know no yeah that's so, different too if it's friends i always tell people like if you need uh, yeah. it yeah. You know, don't hit me up to if you. I mean, why should you buy it? I'll just deliver right. it to you. You know. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, same thing in Washington State and not in the Pacific Northwest is always the free zone. Put stuff out yeah. in the free zone first. You know, you can't just leave it there till it rots. But usually, mm. some fool like me will come take it. So take it. I know. Me too. So, and I found, man, I found um, what was it? Some ohm speakers. I found some really good, uh, some really good ground scores on the side of the road, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Ground score. Yeah. I haven't heard that term for a long time, bro. A ground <laughs> score, straight up. Right, right. Now I was listening to. Uh, I was. Uh, I remember you started doing uh, a few interviews. You talked to Colt Rejects. Me and you yeah. DM'd a little bit. I know that you communicated directly with Tracy, and you were in the similar line to what we were doing. And I thought you used to watch picture shows sometimes right. uh, back in the day, and. I've had your name on a list to be on Weaving Spiders as a guest for a long time. I just, uh, I know I hit you up a long time ago, but then you were traveling or something. And yeah, I, you um, know. Same so I picked man. him up tonight because he yeah. wouldn't be here on Saturday. He'd be leaving Saturday morning, so he wouldn't yeah. join us on Saturday yeah. stream. So when I the thought time we is gotta, right, I mean. Well, the time is right now. Right, right now is the time. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, this is great. I just mean, uh, like, to have you as a mm -hmm. featured guest for... 90 minutes or more uh you know exhibit your art talk about your book maybe it's supposed to be after the book's published that that's what mm -hmm. the the universe right. is waiting on you know all things in their own time man i'm a firm believer yeah, yeah. so where are you publishing all the audio you're talking about because i'd love to check that out man that's right up my alley 
Yeah, I have um on all the major pod servers, Apple, Spotify, Google. Just under your name? It's uh MetaMindcast. All one MetaMind. MetaMindcast. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna M- write that down right here. M-E-T-T-A. Mind M I N D cast. Yep, that's M-E-T-T-A-M-I-N-D. And get the cast with a C with a C, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Badass. No, I'll I'll definitely drop a review and check it out and uh, send you some comments or whatever, man. Nice. That's cool. Thanks. This is your thirty-second yeah. episode. I like your, I like your uh, logo. I like your logo a lot. That's uh, Inkadu from the Sumerian texts. That was the uh, companion of Gilgamesh. <laughs> Best friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. BFF, the, awesome. the original BFF. Right. The original. Yeah, man. You're. Uh, I'm glad you're, you've had such massive success with your art. I assumed that you had reasonable success, but I didn't know you got to do Pink Floyd licensed stuff and all yeah. that stuff. That's awesome. I mean, but you've got it. You've got the style. To me, you're right there with all the great mm-hmm. names because you got it's a thing that you develop and you've developed it obviously for a long, long time. Because I I watch you on uh, I think the most you you were posting a uh, on Twitter some, but you definitely post stuff on Instagram all the time, right? Yeah. Well, I post my art a lot on on Instagram. I right. kind of like individuate the space for you right, know, right. Make the vibe mm-hmm. in one place, you know. My right, same thing, right. man. I post my art on Instagram too. Instagram yeah. used to be like a photography and art platform, and now they're right. like trying to get on their knees and suck TikTok stick or whatever, and it sucks. Right, but right. This is what it is, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's annoying, uh, but I mean, I loved it back in the day. It was like yeah. Facebook that didn't suck back in the day same. before the algorithm. When they yeah. just used to post stuff sequentially, you know, and you would get to yeah, the end exactly. of the feed, you know, it's like you're all done. You can walk away. <laughs> right. You could get to the bottom of your feed. Now they realize that they've got our attention. So they started making right. it an infinite loop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Suckers. So how does so, one uh, obtain one of these beautiful stickers? Um, Shoot me your address. I'll send you a little swag pack. Okay, we do have. Yeah, a I bought box. one of those one time. I remember I've, I've got your little fox on my altar in my office. Nice little, little pin. Beautiful. But, uh, I've got I've got all the rest of it somewhere, you know, in an envelope. And I generally will do um, during the holiday season. I'll do like a stocking stuffer pack where I have a special deal, and it's like you know you get a box of stuff for like twenty bucks or something. Yeah. Um, and then the Etsy, I have my stuff up, and then the website um and then uh a lot but a lot of what well you see in the beginning i was taking my art out to shows and just going cross country and basically hustling like guerrilla vending in parking lots yeah and um i did that for years and years and years and then um it got to the point where things began to become more and more corporate and they basically shut down a lot of the developing culture and barter and trade that was happening. And so then, you know, I went to a booth, essentially. Um, I had a 10 by 10. And then at one point I had a 10 by 20. That was just a full art gallery. You would walk in and it's just, man, the corporatization, um, you would have to have like, you know, um, millions of dollars worth of insurance. And so you're taking out insurance policies, you're having to register with the tax man, like all the things that just, you know, you have to do yeah. to make. And it got to the point where I find it's more conducive for my time to just make art for clients 
and then they kind of you know send it out into the world you know and then of course i still have all my prints and stuff that i do you know um but it's uh yeah how big are the prints do you roll them up in a tube or do you ship them in a big flat box like this and try to shove it into a po box right right um i i do ship some stuff flat um but it's usually i mean up to 12 by 18 i'll ship flat depending on what it is a lot of the 12 by 18 i roll up in a tube um but i do have some posters that are like 30 by 40 inches um mm -hmm. and i'll i'll roll those up and i the post office just uh they did a thing where um if it's longer than 30 inches there's a 15 dollar surcharge so i cut the tubes right at 30 inches um you know so i can still afford to be able to because man it's just and it's getting harder and harder to to send stuff out cost wise you know um and in a lot of cases i mean on a lot of my stuff i don't even charge shipping i would more rather people have it than you know like if you go on to etsy um and i had well no i just took it down because i'm leaving but i'll put it back up in the fall when i get back um but i have little stash tins that I'll throw a little pin in, like a little hat pin or something. And, um, you know, five bucks, man. And it cost me five bucks to send it. Mm -hmm. um, but then there's other stuff, um, like I've done a lot of blotter art. And um, some of that stuff, you know, goes for, for you know, in, in the much higher range in the hundreds of dollars, you know. So, and then if you originals occasionally, you know, you get a thousand or so, you know, it's... Uh, it's just what do they say the artist is the only profession where you're the pimp and the prostitute that's right it's true <laughs> and, and you now, have now, now you got me thinking i love the idea of starting to go fund me and get all the weaving spiders and rx only fans to put mm. their money in and have robbie make us some blotter art and Dude, frame, do it. frame, frame oh, weaving yeah. spiders welcome yeah. and blotter would be pretty badass i don't yeah. want to drop any acid but i'll look at the blotter art right right well and that's so, the thing is it's a vanity piece it actually fall in under federal law it's uh it's a nostalgic piece of art so it's uh you know there's there's already been it's it's considered american folk art is how it is absolutely right right i mean we've seen some stuff right oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. my buddy tried to, last time i ever took lsd my buddy swore up and down that the guy sold him mescaline and it was transformer blotter and i'm like bro mm -hmm. no one's You're gonna transforming. Yeah, or no one's gonna make liquid mescaline and and blot yeah. it on paper, bro. That he sold you LSD, and he's like, "No, I'm telling you." And then the other guy bought it from him and thought the same thing. And then yeah. he's got four hits, and he's like, "I'm gonna take them all if you don't take two. And it's like, "Yeah, I don't even want to do this, man. You're twisting my arm to right. take a trip. All right, well then let's do it because I'm not trying right. to kick it with you while you're on four hits of transformer blotter that you think is mescaline because you're <laughs> stupid. You know, like it's not mescaline. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I never even got any, but my grandma told me about it, and it wasn't paper. <laughs> right, right. So, Robbie, for any, is there any advice you would give new artists for the art um, climate, how the art world is today, to kind of yeah get their I foot in? I think that um, really what it comes down to is trying to find people that you um, like enjoy their companionship 
and like you know you have a similar vision and like you know um but but as far as the individual themselves um i think that just finding how you work understanding like what your flow is um like try to work and do art as much as you possibly can um and just uh you got to put in the time and and you know um it's and it's it's not necessarily um the output that you that that is the art the art itself is the making the actual act of alchemy of manifesting something from nothing and bringing something into reality and then I'm once glad you, you that, said that man yeah and once you bring it into reality man depending on um what it is and how it functions you know whether it's uh for t-shirts or posters or branding or a product line or if it's just a piece of art that you want to put you know on a frame for yourself you know um it, it it all takes on its own um energy once once you release it into the to the ethos you know yeah 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 but one was, time man i was sorry to interrupt but that thing you no, said no. the thing you said is just so true that like when i uh i took a year off because i had a really shitty marriage and mm -hmm. i went and stayed with my grandparents for a little while at the end of the year and uh I started making art again, you know, it was the first time I'd really made art in a long time. And um, so I was just doing stupid stuff. Like I was going finding little, little chunks of wood with the bark still on it that looked like a little log and a, and a rock. And I'd dig through my grandpa's shed or his garage and find old spray paint or whatever. And I'd haul all the shit out to the horse pasture and like take carefully take the bark off of the wood and paint, paint the wood one color and the bark another color and then get the rock to just barely balance on there i found out mm -hmm. later there's a name for it in japanese art where you take a rock and a piece of wood and match them together there's right. a name for it kintsugi maybe or no that's where you fill it with gold it's a different word but mm -hmm. uh one day i uh, i just struggled with the spray paint cans they were old nothing would work and like so nothing really happened that day and my grandma says, so what'd you do? I said, well, I mean, grandma, the process is me sitting here thinking about it, walking back and forth, going to the horse right. pasture, poking the spray paint can with a stick, seeing if any, you know, come out and accidentally spraying right. some on my beard and, you know, getting it on my hands and not wanting to wipe it on my clothes and changing my shirt and coming back and seeing the sun setting and running out of time. So that right. is art. That's art. Right. That and is whether art. Whether or not I get, get a pr production at the end of it, right. it's nice if you get something you like. It's nice if you get something at all. Yeah, but the real process is just being engaged, and that's what I love about this show that we're on right now. Is really that's why Jim started it because flow state is the thing, right? That's it. Right. You know, right. like to get into that place where you're not. The key really is that you're not fully planning, thinking, or acting. You're just right. kind of bearing witness <laughs> to the process once it starts. Yeah. If you do it right, you know, you're just you're just <laughs> present with the process, and you kind of become the process. In my experience, you know, like right. What's up, Cheney? Hey, guys, how are you? Doing good. How's it going? Cheney! 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 Like the background you got there, Cheney. Thanks. It was <laughs> such a sausage fest. I wanted to come in swinging. Mine is good. I got to come in hot or go home. <laughs> yeah, it, it is very beard. Well, thank you. It is BYOB tonight. Uh, bring your own right. beard. Yeah. Is it, is, it, is it BYOB for 
bring your own beard or is it BYOB for bring your own basil? Bring your own body. I, th I think it's bring your own breast in this particular instance. <laughs> so, I'm going to head out here, but before I do, since it's flow state, I saw something today, and it's really short. I answered, I, I thought I would read it really quick. So at my work. Was it a midget? Yes, yes. <laughs> it, I was reading us um, a, a, a dwarf's um, tattoo, the, the Bible verse they had written on, on their back. Yeah. Um, you know, so um, at my work, we have, we, we have uh, at, at my work as a nature library. And um, so I, I pick, um, I, you know, me and my coworkers in our free time, we'll look through the, the books and find things. And my coworker sent me this image today. He was looking at this book that it's an entire <laughs> book on basil. Mm. And he sent me this this picture of this of this of this packet passage from it, and it I thought it was intriguing and kind of hilarious. So it reads: Early Greek and Roman physicians believed the that basil would drive or would thrive only if it were sown amid vile shouts and curses. Uh -huh. That that tra tradition gave rise to the contem contemporary French idiom semer, S E M E R, hmm. Le, L E B basilic, or sowing the basil for raving. Hmm. Raving. That, You're a raving lunatic. Sewing your basil here, come in here, sewing your most basil. Most car parts also, most car parts also will only go in with the proper amount of swearing. <laughs> yeah. Basil, basil exposition here, and of course, art, uh, basil or basil, or however you want to say that. Basel. Yeah. If so, the car parts go in without swearing, you should be a little bit wary of whether or not they're going to work right. Correct. I thought that was that was funny. I know when they, they mean shout and curses, they're kind of referring to, you know, they're referring to magic. Um, however, um, in my head, you know, I kind of what Ben's getting at, my <laughs> head was, went to like curse words. So I'm picturing someone like yelling at a thing of basil like a basil plant and it growing to like a little shop of horrors sized plant that just wants to like wrestle and attack people i think that is Feed what it's me. saying i think they're saying that you have to yell and, and cuss at it i don't know if that's a magic spell they're talking about as much as just what you said that you gotta really? put the seeds in the ground and be like motherfucking bitch ass cunt son of a bitch motherfucker grow up motherfucker no yeah Kind of like artist, Popeye artist and, has uh, got to eat, so he's got to yell at those seeds to grow and hurry right. up and give me something to pick and eat. Every goddamn spring, having to plant these fucking seeds all the fucking time. I'm going to have to water this every damn day, you son That's of a right. bitch. 
not gonna get any fucking push the broom. Nothing in his room but gloom and doom. Then he lit a fuse and give him room. He started an explosion. Holy cow! That thing <laughs> went bang boom. And he's having some fun now. I was <laughs> in Little Shop of Horrors. I was gonna say that's a hell of a word. That's Little that's Shop of Horrors. I haven't seen that in a million years. You said Little Shop of Horrors. You do know all of them. Chaney and then Nimrod made me sing it. Nimrod made you do it. <laughs> Nimrod Where loves she to put a song, an earworm in your head, and then you just have to finish singing it. <laughs> I'm going to listen like to you guys that. as I go to sleep. It was nice meeting you, Robbie. Yeah, you as well, for sure. Yep, and I, have, I have really enjoyed your dreams art. dreams tonight, Chris. I will have 23 dreams. Probably we're gonna mostly we're gonna mostly just play running water in about 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Ben's wearing a hat. What the hell is going on in here? Why is Bobby got a hat on? That tripped me yeah, up. Been I'm so glad you said hot out. I've been sweating into my eyes. <laughs> I had to oh, you feel hat you, you sweat into my eyes. Okay, utility. It's utility. It's definitely a thing about being bald that I didn't get how much work your hair did. And so when you start sweating, yeah. it all your scalp starts sweating at the same exact time. There's so yep. much sweat your hair holds in. I had yep. no idea. <laughs> oh, yeah, wow. and then all of a sudden your eyes just sting. You're like, oh, ah, shit. <laughs> yeah. We gotta send Ben some of those NBA headbands. Mm. Yes. Fans, new regs. That say Britney Griner on them. <laughs> the Britney Griner headbands. Ben will love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll get star tattoos on my shoulders here. <laughs> she, she's a big girl. <laughs> We'll get back to the Twitter feeds. There's a lot of stuff going on. That's a big bitch. <laughs> Ain't it the truth? Yeah, go to back to the rad art. <laughs> I like how as Cheney moves around, Zerlath pops in and out. <laughs> like you face shifting between dimensions. It's hilarious. Yeah, it feels safe. Uh, okay, forty-two. I see, <laughs> and uh, she's uh, PayPal. She's the papacy is sponsoring this. Mm. There's a upside down cross. I mean, I, you know, I I just think people put dumb tattoos on their bodies so people keep talking about them even more than they necessarily mm. need to. Yeah, wow. it does seem like a kind of odd tattoo though for an African American lesbian to get diablo pan the devil or whatever she got right. on her wrist right it just doesn't really make sense in the zeitgeist of things she might be into right but a hummingbird there too to balance it out not even very good like no <laughs> and i can even debate like something a lot cooler <laughs> The cross could be right side up because some people get yeah. certain tattoos right. of theirs dependent on who sees them and what angle their thing. So it could be arguing, but yeah. a cross would never be there. You would never be a Christian and take a chance of getting your cross somewhere it could be seen as upside down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless like they're the, a rebel. The swingers, like, is it upside down or is it right side up? 
<laughs> well, I mean, you know, if you're a really devout Catholic, it could be across a Peter, I guess, and then it's inverted because mm. Peter was requested yeah. to be crucified upside down so that he wouldn't be in the same True. position as, as our good Lord and Savior. Right. If she was a really devout Catholic, though, she might not be allowed to eat pussy. It's <laughs> true. It's true. Procreation only. That should always crack me up. Like Mother like, Mary. Seriously. Like, sinners. like that's the dumbest shit I ever heard. Yes. Like no one's no one's only having sex to procreate. Now you can lie and be a hypocrite and say that you will only have sex to procreate. And you could be stingy and not put out except for procreating and force your lover into masturbating secretly more often than they'd like to. But give me a break, man. Of course. We're gonna fuck the fuck. The, the chemicals in our brain, the hormones in our body, are requiring this of us, especially at certain ages. It's like you mm. got to. So now I've been trying to like hell to get my wife pregnant, and it don't work. But every time, that's what I mean to do. Me too. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, a that's a that's a beautiful way of saying it. Like what? Playing the fine. banjo with all four hands. Yep, yep. That was a New Year's poster for a while back. That's gorgeous. Um, now, do you know about the Quakers and the Shakers? Yeah, a little bit. And how they would quake and shake during the services. That's why they called them the Quakers. And Shakers. The oatmeal the, eaters. And the oatmeal eaters, right. But the oh, Shakers. I didn't know that that's why they named them that, because they'd shake oh, yeah, during the service. I didn't know oh, that. Oh, yeah. Quake, they would quake and shake. Yeah. Um, but the Shakers didn't believe in sex at all, even that's right. for that's... procreation. They yeah, thought they it was went a sin, out. Yeah, to bring mortal souls into the world. So they only adopted, and now there's no more Shakers. Yeah, the shakers are gone. Right. But if you could find some shaker furniture, you'd be happy. Right. That's exactly right. It's the baddest furniture on earth, man. It's beautiful. Add with with a name like Shaker. I got an academic uh, book upstairs about it. Yeah, it's really weird. I got a book called These People Called the Shakers, and it's very Mm -hmm. academic. So I've only just kind of strolled through it a few times because, you know, academic books are like, you really want me to pay attention? And there's footnotes. (laughs) Right. Just hoping one would make me a martini. Shaker. <laughs> <laughs> the shake weight. <laughs> oh my god, the shake weight. <laughs> that was the most homoerotic thing that, that 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 almost took the cake for the most homoerotic thing ever sold on television. Let's right, talk about right. spider water now. What is hashtag spider that, that water? Fucking, that that uh South Park was shake weight was painfully funny. <laughs> Where it would spit out the fucking change after it was done. It would spit uh, cooling gel on their face and then and then spit out some change for a taxi. You're like, holy shit. <laughs> I know the shake weight was so close to the fleshlight. Right? right. <laughs> a gig poster set for Conscious Alliance back in 2008. Yeah, yeah. And the spider water, I think it has something to do with the Hernaba coup. And in uh, the waters of creation, I can't I can't quite remember why I put why I hashtag spider water. In there. <laughs> I know so that, that way you get our attention. Right, you got our attention. Well, you look at the hashtags and you go, "Why did I put that?" And then you try I to know. think. I get I get lost in my own Google Drive because of what Robbie said earlier is true. Like you gotta find time to make art. So I make digital art constantly. So I probably got like 150,000 images of digital art because I make digital art and just make drafts and save all the drafts and save all the drafts. And then uh, 
And plus, I shoot lots of photography and save 10 million memes and screen capture like bills or things that are important. So then I'm like, oh, I need this thing. And I go to my Google Photos drive. And that's it. Like, it's three hours later. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> yeah. I've sent five people nostalgic pieces of things that made me think of them. And I'm like, damn it, I was supposed to be doing my taxes. What's going on here? You know, right, right. Supposed to be listening to Florida Georgia Line. Yeah, that's uh, that. Well, and that's the whole thing with a lot of these jobs. Um, that was actually uh, a guy that I'm that I've known over the years, and he did a bunch of production work. And he ended up buying into uh, this Camp Zoo down in Missouri, a little festival ground down there. And I was doing all the posters for that. And then uh, one day, um, I think it was for Spook Stock. It was one of the Halloween shows, Spook Stock. Um, and they had Jerry Garcia Band and a bunch of other stuff. But um, the FBI, the DEA, the IRS... Like they had 72 agents come in on the grounds and basically seize everything. And I never got, yeah, I never got paid for that last poster. And I kind of just, I just walked away. I was like, whatever. And uh, like a number of years later, that same guy ended up working with Florida Georgia line. And he's like, you know, come do these posters. And I was like, cool. So, you know, it's, it's uh, interesting how stuff kind of folds over on itself, you know? messed up the feds got to get involved like that but i mean we all know that that's their reputation but it's still messed up when you hear about it firsthand oh uh, yeah well but they they took the property um and a few people went to jail and then they basically held the property in probate um until they couldn't pay taxes on it yep. and then they basically repossessed it through tax evasion and they turned it into a state park now so yeah fans of three three step intimate eminent domain on them that's messed up man right right mm. wow. so Robert, bobby marks also designs driveways i do that was my first driveway oh so, beautiful yeah i didn't that know that fun. that's cool that's, yeah I did, that's a florida that actually, driveway yeah it was for my mom for christmas is that so, a florida georgia driveway oh shit that's, no that's just a straight florida <laughs> driveway. That's beautiful. i love doing the driveways yeah I oh, think that's actually inlaid. A, that's great. Nice, uh, nice flow. So, yeah, oh, beautiful! That is so really you, cool. Did you just if give you the flip, design to the guys, or did you have to go out there and port and everything? No, I just laid it out, and then they went out and and plotted it all and did all the work. I love yeah, that it's done with the actual work. stone. I see people painting their driveways a lot like this now, but that's beautiful. It's it is a top coat of some sort. I'm not sure what. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, is it epoxy? Something like that. Yeah, with huh. like uh, some sort of a ground added into it. Like right. That. So it doesn't get slick in the rain. Right, right. Right, okay. But if you flip through those on the side there, you can see some different angles. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Okay, Are you going to do the art, Robbie, for your book? For the Nimrod yeah. book? Oh, yeah. that's awesome. That'll give a whole different look to it. Right. And the cover, I'm going to do the the cover. I'm thinking like a 70s style kind of uh, almost cool. like a choose your own adventure kind of look with like Nimrod with like a bull's head, like holding up a glass of wine and or a glass of blood or um, and then, yeah, I've got and then the, the interior and I also want to do some uh, gold um, like overlay on it as far as. Uh, oh, bitching. Yeah, and then the, the interiors, 
yeah, the interior is going to be all just black and white ink, ink pieces, I think. That's so, awesome. Yeah, that's what I'm doing this summer while we're traveling is I'm going to be working on the illustrations. Oh, that's super cool. And it's it's so so inspiring. It seems like you can go so many places with it and just it's, uh, get really creative. Dude, yeah, this is great. Thanks, thanks. Um, yeah, the alchemical wedding. Um, do you find any connections with Nimrod and uh, Mithras or Dionysus with the bull god? Yeah, when you get into Dionysus, um, I think you're more relating again back to Osiris. I okay. think there's you have uh, two lines of thought. Um, one is the dead and risen Osiris um, that was, you know, uh, brought forth into um, Dionysus, mm -hmm. and um, you know, even further on into the Christ or Christ. Um, and then um, you have the whole wisdom. Um, line coming from Tahuti or Thoth um, through Mercury, um, Hermes. Um, but, you know, when you go back to Thoth and Osiris, um, they were very intricately related, you know? Yeah, it's, it seems like you can go anywhere with it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing is when you stare at a blank piece of paper, it's like, yeah, that one is the sketch. That's for a grower over in Maine that has a little farm. Um, so he's like a little, little, you know, um, mom and pop operation, you know. Um, but I did all that his bear. labels and what's that? That bear is awesome. Oh, uh, which one? Which bear? It was on the screen a minute ago. I think. It, yeah. Back to it. This guy here. Oh uh, yeah, that was a New Year's poster for uh, Barely Dead. Barely Dead music. Yeah. Oh, rad. See, that's yeah. the best part of the dead is the art. Uh, yeah, I think so too. And I'm very high. I don't understand how, why the music is that great. It's not. I mean, I get, well, I get the festival in it, like the, the, the whole thing about it, like the culture yeah. about yeah. it and everything. Um, I've just never been part of that. So, because yeah. the music sucks to me. Yeah. But uh, like, I, I always love the art. Always yeah. love the art. That's rad, um, dude. But going back into Rick Griffin and Stanley Mouse and kind of coming out of the surf art, and then as a kid, I was like really into like Saturday morning cartoons. And dude, were you were you into the uh, cartoons magazine with like the the Raffink guys and the the uh, oh yeah, what's his yeah, name, yeah. Big Daddy Roth? Yep. Yep. That and, was the uh, shit, dude. The Freak Those... Brothers as well. Freak Brothers. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. And all the Zap comics and getting into Robert Crumb. And... Crumb, Crumb mm -hmm. was involved in all that too, right? Yeah. 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 So, like, kind of. He dipped his toes here and there, um, but he mostly did comic stuff. He did a few gig posters. You know? Right. And I remember he, he made Keep on Trucking, and then he hated it after that, I think. Yep. yep. <laughs> and so, if you told him Keep on Trucking, it would piss him off. I remember right. I saw him in a documentary and he said, I hated that. And so if yeah. you say, hey, Crumb, keep on trucking, it's just, then you'll really get under my skin that way. You know? oh, yeah. Our and Crumb he, was a weird dude, man. If there was a watch that documentary, they could check it out. He's a weird oh, dude. Oh, yeah. He hated the whole hippie scene, too. Like, when he got into it, he's like, this is horrible. <laughs> yeah. And who's you the know? blues guy? Yeah. Yeah, that was that last one was a uh, 
uh, laboratory grow operation over in Maine that I work for, uh, Blue Sky Laboratories, and they do extracts and stuff. Yeah, that one. You know, James of Grounded Extracts. I don't think you heard yeah. you on. You know, oh, what's James, of, James of Grounded Extracts. He's our extracts guy. We oh, I was muted. Text. Damn it. No, no. Robbie, what are your thoughts on uh, Robert Williams? Robin Williams, the comedian? Robert. Robert Williams, the, oh, the painter, the surf painter. <laughs> oh, the surf painter. Um, I'm not. Mrs. Really surf. I don't know. It's What is it? Rockabilly, weird surrealism? He's kind of newer. One hour photo. Yeah. He's that. Are you familiar yeah. with the. He did. He did the. Um, morning, he's from like a boy band, isn't he? Robbie Williams. Oh, Robbie he's from Williams. like yeah. a European boy band. <laughs> There's that that Robbie Williams, <laughs> not that Robbie Williams. This is Robert. Robert Williams was a, like a SoCal artist. Mm -hmm. Did these? Um, he did the first. Oh, what is it? Appetite for Destruction album cover that mm -hmm. got banned. Oh, was that his? Okay, that's a crazy yeah. picture. With the robot raping the girl, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's that guy. Oh yeah, no, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I like his stuff. He, he really the one I know is the car, the car chase with the car flipping over. Yes, I love yeah, that one. Rod from 1976. Yeah, no, I, I, he did some really great stuff. Yeah, I remember being a kid and opening up my uh, Guns and Roses. Uh, dvd and opening that picture and being like what the fuck mm. it's like <laughs> it's like there's a girl who's vending little robots and the yeah. the monster or whatever is jumping over the fence but the uh the main robot has apparently just raped her because she's like knocked down with her panties around her ankles and looking disheveled yeah. you know but then there's this horrible monster coming over the fence are we allowed to share the image it's on a website here i can screen share it i, mean, I don't know why it. i don't close know why you eyes. shouldn't be able to share it okay not, close your eyes like if you don't want to see art close your eyes everybody if you're afraid of well, like no titties no titties out or nothing she's, she's fully covered. <laughs> there's, there's there's one out it looks like i mean maybe there's a shadow there i can't quite tell yeah the, i'll never forget those knives yeah. for teeth around that thing that's it's the one becoming yeah. technocracy <laughs> yeah exactly predicted the future right so have you done that robbie like in your art you like got have you ever kind of freaked yourself out like and felt like something you did in your creative process came through well i think um i don't know with the art i think it's kind of when you try to like participate with the ideas of timelessness and you try to create things that stand alone like outside of the context of of you know time itself um i think that that it naturally folds into personifying you know the future and the past and kind of you know um bringing itself into itself you know um, makes a lot of sense yeah because yeah. when you're creating it you're really in that timeless space you know where where and that's you know a lot of times when i'm really like you know or I've, i'm pressing on a deadline um you know you'll sit and you'll forget to eat and you'll forget to like get up and like it's uh and that's another problem with the art is constantly sitting you know and mm. to, 
to be in that creation process, you know? Yeah, man. But yet, almost modification of time. Time, yeah. Saturn's ring, Saturn's rings are disappearing. Are they um, really? Is that that's true? What they say that's what they say. So, um, I've been hearing weird shit about space lately. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, they're definitely huh. moving forward with the whole uh, aliens, whatever. Oh, right? for fuck's sake! You know, can we I just stop talking mean. about like? Yeah, oh exactly. Blue beam the whole yeah, time. Yeah, this is some serious, yeah, and full effect. And of oh, course, yeah. you don't know it's not going you know, and only, sinker for this only, shit. Only the naive person would think that it means that nothing's happening and they're just lying. <clears throat> I think this whole time they've been planning on all this stuff because real things are happening and yeah. they have to parallel the story and make something. Right. They have to mm-hmm. make a distraction or something to hide something real. So you yeah. know, the more they ramp it up, it's not like I think, oh, they're faking it. I think, well. They're having to put on their sideshow to distract from something, and we're not allowed to see it because they're distracting everybody effectively. So we don't know what the hell is really going on. It's weird, you know. That piece reminds me of uh, meat uh, pulling down. Um, yeah, yeah, like that. Uh, you know, reading my I'm mind just right gonna, now. I'm gonna put this out there. I've been thinking about this a while for just, and this is what I thought for a long time when I was younger. That if there was a uh, the just the theoretical space, what do you, what do you call it? Uh, like the breakaway civilization, Stations, yeah. Uh, space, bro- not space brothers. What would you call them? I can't remember what they they call plus them. Ultra? But, <clears throat> yeah, plus like yeah, like plus ultra. Thank you. Mm. Like if that were some shit going on, of course the wars are going to be. Like in the sky with shit that looks completely foreign to us because people don't understand that DEWs are a real thing. Mm. The directed energy. <clears throat> yeah, wieners. Energy. Direct energy wieners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Flying yeah, what are your thoughts on that? As far as uh, the things we're seeing in the heavens? Yeah. Yeah, it's you know I've I've seen a couple orbs fly over. Um, I came out of a school board meeting one time and like you know probably thirty to forty feet above me, one went over and then another one almost immediately behind it. Mm. Um, I saw a flying cigar one time, like a foil cigar one time in oh, the highway. Trippy. And it just, I was trying to point my wife. I was like, look, it's right there. And I, I was like, you can't see it. And when I looked back, it was just gone. Um, Mm-hmm. And then uh, I also saw a uh, black triangle one time. Um, near yeah. Little yeah, the Little Rock Air Force Base. And um, it was it was like three o'clock in the morning and it was hovering over a building. And um, it was like kind of a darker than black light. And it had a hum mm-hmm. that you couldn't really hear. You could almost feel it, but you couldn't hear it. Those are my three things that I've seen weird in the skies, you know. And that's over like, you know, 30, 35, 40 years. So I think, yeah, I mean, I think that that, uh, reality may not be what we think it is, you know. Um, I think when you you use 
um, forces like books and uh, media and movies, and you create like a consensus reality amongst the masses um, that that you know. Um, you think they bring it on? It, it's questionable. Yeah, like we're it's forcing the myth is forcing the reality, right? Because the belief belief if all is mind yep then we are creating this reality anyway right and everybody fucking stop with the goddamn alien things already oh well, <laughs> the funny. most powerful magicians would be able to just make one thing to make the room believe it and so oh, that's yeah. right kind of yeah, just what's going mean. on where are the creatures that create and the evil they if you're at, detached from source you don't get creative juices you're not grounded out you have no flesh so i don't think they have the ability to but they can they can't hurt us but they can convince us to hurt ourselves mm. and we have to enter willingly mm -hmm. yeah yeah some parts been, of it uh, some parts i think are so crazy like birth certificates like so many mm -hmm. things are like you know 30 vaccines on a child so mm. much of this stuff is done to us before this is why i don't believe in so much of the philosophies of like a heaven or hell kind of idea because you're given false pretenses from the get you don't right. you don't get a clean slate to make your own decisions ever you're fed mm. brainwashing you believe in santa before you believe in yourself you yep. are vaccinated before anything's formed in your body you're pulled out with forceps but and you should just be at home having a natural birth out of your mother i'm like mm. the entire system set up against you from the beginning but that's how you should know you're a miracle right because and you're overcoming it every day Right. But then they get your mother to testify against you in order to create that corporate document that becomes the birth certificate so that the bank can basically take out a loan in your name, you know, yeah. and you're just chattel. It's chattel, uh, yeah. chattel, chattel. This right? is the word that everyone needs to learn. Mm. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know what chattel means, look it up. It, it is different than what you think. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Oh, no, I've been studying yeah. fairies a little bit because I read this article. It's a pretty lengthy article a man wrote about why uh, everyone should believe in fairies, especially Christians. And he's a Christian author. I think he's an Orthodox guy. And uh, so I've been diving into it a little bit. And one of the things he quotes is that uh, Tolkien said that with all of the fairies and nymphs and second sight and all that type of stuff, he said that uh, if everyone could still be living on their own land where the food had been raised for three generations and we'd living out of our own gardens and um you know eating off of our own land and sustaining ourselves that's when all of the magic truly comes back and you can see the nymphs and the fairies and deal with them directly um because it's that process of being unmolested and uninterrupted in your own family family line and connected and open to the land tending the earth, uh, you know, using the freshwater streams and all that kind of stuff that yeah. allows the process to develop. Exactly. Because it is, it's living water, you know, mm. it's all living well, water, but, but we, the same thing, the water's just as molested and fucked up as we are, you know, they pump, pump it through pipes and hit it with chlorine and everything else. When, you know, if you've ever hiked high up into the mountains and found a bubbling spring and taken a drink, you know, that it gives you that feeling like, Whoa. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, if it tastes so good, you like you want to drink, put more of it in your body, something happens, you know. It's now where I'm at here in New Hampshire, um, we're in the Pine Barren, and I actually have an in-ground okay. well that, that is cool. from 
Yeah, it was doused in the uh, late forties, early fifties. Oh, you're in, you're in the Pine Barren. Yeah, in the Pine Barren. And, Dude, uh, I only oh, found shit, out about cool. that thing not very long ago. The Pine Barren's a trip. I didn't even no know that was over. What is it? UFOs. It's it, a huge. Only... It's like as big as Yellowstone. Only it's like you you yeah. tell it, Robbie, because you know better. I just read the Wikipedia page real quick, so you tell it. Right. There's there's two Pine Barrens. Um, one of them is uh stretches Lebanon, Lebanon into Palestine right. that area, and that's where they used to get all the big timbers to build the temples, and um, and then the Pine Barrens here in the United States after the the uh, king came in um they called them the king's pines basically because they used them for the masts of the ships but it's basically when the glaciers receded and pulled back um all of that stuff that got ground down into sand and dust um basically was deposited in a mass area that's just like a giant sand pit and basically the only thing that'll grow here is pines well we got blueberries um and uh it's uh it's its own ecosystem um but it stretches from like new jersey up through new england um all the way over to alaska oh wow yeah and um yeah i mean we've got Mm. bear you know it's it's just a, a wild area um moose but, you guys have moose oh yeah we have moose oh, yeah. we, I, I know I there's blueberries in there huh yeah, blueberries. Well, yeah just down the road you can go and the wild blueberries are actually huckleberries and they're right. like they're low bush blueberries and you can go out and i would say there's just acres and acres and acres. i mean i would go out in an afternoon during season with like a rake and i could get 10 12 gallons of blueberries and you know, probably three hours. Yeah, that's a yeah. man. That makes that yeah. makes you want to move over there and and hook up a get a couple industrial freeze dryers and just go to work. Right, right. Um, but I do I dehydrate them and I uh, and you know use them. I'll turn them into powder and use them for stuff. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. That's cool. But yeah, the, it's uh, it's you know, I have solitude here when we're here basically i come here to paint you know yeah and make art now do you ever do do you ever work really big robbie or not um i've done some bigger stuff in the past it's been a while um i've actually got an offer right now out in colorado to go out and paint a mural that i'm mural, yeah because i mean i wasn't thinking that big i was thinking you know more like three by five or you know oh yeah Um, 300 by 500 right right right. (laughs) um yeah, I've got a friend in Oklahoma that he paints huge, huge mural murals. Um, Mothman Studios out there. Um, cool. But uh, oh, bitching. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as far as uh, yeah, like two foot by three foot stuff, I do I do stuff that size not all the time, but you know with regularity. Yeah, um, cool. Yeah, yeah. I got a watercolor piece I've been working on for about three years. That's uh, I want to say it's like two foot by three foot. So, so what do you work that size and then you do really great photography on it or scan it somehow to reduce it down into prints or what's the secret? Yeah, if uh, I've got a flatbed scanner, it's a, what is it, 12 by 18 scanner. And if I can scan it, I will. And sometimes I'll do two scans and piece it digitally and okay. it together. Um, yeah. But a lot of times with the bigger stuff, man, um, it's to the point now you can use your, your iPhone, you know. Yeah. Um, just set it to high def. Um, I did a poster 
we were at Electric Forest last year and they needed a poster for High Sierra out in California. So I basically sat, um, I worked on it for three days at the house and then I drove to Michigan and worked on it for two days. And then I had to get it to the printer that next day. So I took my iPhone and I took four pictures of it and just hemmed it together and right. sent it to the printer and nobody knows the difference. Wow, so, right. You know? That's but that's the I mean, thing. Once, you know, I, most of the art I make is photo editing and I just, yeah. I get to the point where I, what I do is I have a very specific process I've been doing over and over again. And so I'll get to the point where I'm happy with a few drafts of some picture that I took and then I just start to deconstruct it, you know, like just start Xing it out and, you know, intentionally oversaturating and just do, do all this other goofy stuff. But I know what you mean, man. You can take, you can draw a picture. A lot of times I'll draw a picture and I can take it and dump it into my photo app and get the results I want faster than working with my hand. Or sometimes I've even done that and then print it and then work on top of it again, you yeah. know, just to, you know. And, and a lot cool. of times um, I'll do, I'll do the sketch and sometimes I'll take that and then do the watercolor over it and then I'll import it and then I'll do some digital stuff on, but that's right. the whole thing with the flow of it. It's like using all the tools that we have available to us to manufacture this thing, you know? Yeah. And when I was a kid, me and my brother, um, Richard, that we talked about earlier, um, we would take tape recorders and we would go back and forth and create like the sound of a cr you know crowd and make oh, like yeah. a party and then we we made these like detective shows where we would On just cassette. back and forth yeah and so yeah, if, if you know the kids now with all these availabilities of all these digital tools it's like just so many open possibilities in regard to the, the aspects of creation you know and they're doing it man i see some kids that are just just like we were when the technology seemed new. I remember having friends that would carry samplers around and go hit cars oh, yeah. with a wrench to make beats and, you know, like all that kind of stuff. So it makes yeah, them happy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The good old with, days. With your um, Nimrod book, mm -hmm. have you, with the Skinwalker part, have you gotten to America with the attachments yet? Yeah, pretty much. I, I go from... Um, the I, I go into Nimrod and Abraham and I take it up to because that that skin that Nimrod wore as the first skinwalker. Mm -hmm. um, basically, I follow it up through the foundations of the 12 tribes of Israel. And mm -hmm. at that point is that's basically when that skin disappears. And so kind I kind of keep it strictly in the Mesopotamian Egyptian Greek um, dia diaspora. You know, um, I don't come as far forward as the uh, the native um, ideas of the skinwalker, you know. OK, that's because even the king of the jungle lore of it being a lion, it, it has never been like the oldest tribes all wear a leopard. They don't right. wear lions that like if that's the new like almost Disney idea of king of the yeah. jungle that we have. Um, um, yeah, go on. What was it? It was. um in one of the groves, Zeus at one point gave Orion, that's who it was, gave Orion a lion skin. And that directly ties into Hercules and um, Mithra initiating Hercules. Um, what was the city? Um, Heliopolis was where Mithra initiated um, 
Hercules. But yeah, so there there is but that's the thing. I think at a certain point that that um that skinwalking um and the leopard skin um basically trans transversed into the lion skin as a cultural kind of um crossover, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Disney, I mean, you know, they Disneyfy everything. I don't know about- for the skinwalker. I've got this piece up. I've seen it before. Did, was this adopted by someone? Uh, that is um, for a, a podcast. Cult, yeah, Cult Rejects is using that for their. Uh, their okay. That's oh, very really cool. That's where I've seen yeah. this art before. Very cool. Yeah, and if you go back to the the main image there, mm-hmm. um, you can see I've kind of got that's the the rock that um, Moses split that brought forth the wellspring, and then you got the whole uh, bruised the head and the heel kind of prophecy going on there, and you have like the tie-in of Eastern mysticism with the tiger, um, and uh, kind of the whole idea of Babylon, like building of the cities, and like it's you know always on fire, and you got the tree of life, and then in the back there, in the very back is Mount Hermon. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, you got the the dragon under the foot, like the under the foot. Yeah, yeah it's perfect. Oh, but it kind of crosses Eastern Western theologies and kind of, you know, yeah. kind of playful mysticism. Moses just, got in trouble for hitting the rock. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Even a little Saint George. Yeah, on the on the back of the dragon. Yeah, I like it. And that's, that's pretty the same as, uh, that's the same as, um, what is it, um, on the back of uh, Set, um, as far as Horace taking out Set became the dragon and George became like, you know, you, you can just see that, uh, that idea passed down through, through all the various histories of conquering the dragon, you know, or the yeah. Set monster, you know. Isn't that funny? Like all these things intertwine. Like um, I remember hearing a astrologer saying that uh, Nimrod was Orion. Like mm-hmm. it used to be right. uh, seen as as Nimrod, apparently, <laughs> in some astrological charts. Yeah, like, wow, and, that's news to me. Yeah, and if you go back to uh, the Egyptian pyramids, and basically the right. little, the vents, one of them goes up to um orion well and then you also have like graham hancock talks about as far right. as the pyramids laid out as orion's belt as orion's belt right, right. Mm-hmm. and well so that was initially um nimrod the hunter and then it became orion and so mm. yeah there have been some just like um what was it the uh, egyptians saw um cancer as the scarab beetle you know so there's been some morphing of the the zodiac through the different cultures and crab was a turtle or something. Yeah. That. And they mixed a few of them at one point. Cause there was only like eight right. and then they broke it up even further. And yeah. I and heard Scorpio on, was an Eagle or something. Yeah. Well, that that's the transverse. Yeah. You have uh, at, in the lowest form, it's the scorpion and in the and highest form, Phoenix. It's the yeah. Which relates three to three stages. Vehicle. Yeah, yeah. There's the blueberries. <laughs> Here they are. Yeah. And the picture before that, if you go back, the pine but that's a picture of the pine barren right next to it. Yeah, right there. That's out in the pine barren. 
Is it a creepy place at night? It's uh, very serene. I mean, mostly I just worry about bears when I'm out there. You know, I kind of make a racket, and they tell you, yeah, you're supposed to wear bells when you're out there, just so you don't surprise the You know, Um, but Mm. I'll tell you what, you go out there, and if you're not paying attention to the sun and following the direction of the sun, you get lost easy, man. Oh man, well you're bending down and you're picking blueberries and you're searching for like the prime spots where they're heavy, and you just kind of like you're spinning around in circles and going this way and that way and all of a sudden you look up and you're like oh god where am i yeah you can get Were lost you always into sure. the mysticism stuff like you've got tons of symbology in all your art oh yeah yeah um pretty much you know um growing up on on saturday morning cartoons and um i i think i want to say i was like 14 15 when i started getting into like eastern kind of theology um and then kind of i've always been into like the strange and the weird and the you know um and just kind of uh going down any kind of rabbit hole um yeah and uh, through the course of time you you eventually begin to um see the fallacies and see where the 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 mistruths overlap and you know how to summer out and you know through logic basically you know see see what the logos is you know um it's uh but it's a process you know um and some of the kids you know these like um when my daughter was in grade school you know one of the kids was like you know the, the the environment and you know like it's like so bad and like you know the, the it's gonna kill us all and i was like listen right. like when i was a little kid like rivers were on fire like like literally on fire it's like we don't have rivers on fire now it's like and we know, also had little kids uh high school friends of mine having panic attacks in high school because yeah. of that fucking uh day after movie or whatever shit everybody uh, yeah. was terrified of the yeah. nuclear war that we were gonna yeah uh, was gonna Climb get your it, you know, fucking kind of your desk and this bullshit's been going a long time yeah 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 what's the, the widespread panic widespread panic is uh jam cool. band. yeah yeah they're cool yeah they're, they're like uh after the dead and the fish there's the widespread panic right they've been around for a long time though yeah totally totally Um, they're just one of those other jam bands yeah and i i don't know you know i'm i don't mind them um i've seen them a number of times um but also dating back when you look at when um pan first came you know to earth um they say that uh basically he caused widespread panic amongst all the creatures of the forest. Yeah. So I think oh, that's interesting. Exactly, yeah, where where the name widespread panic comes from. You know. I love the mastodons uh, running out of it so clever. With yeah. that being the lore, that's so clever. Mastodon is doing that right now? It, well, on the widespread well, on panic the poster. poster yeah, yeah. Oh, uh oh, oh. Yeah. And they're almost coming uh, out in the three hair on? look. And my brother, oh, I sent cool. my brother um in the first that's thing rad, like, dude. Yeah, he's like the tusks. It's like six, six, six. I didn't even know I did it. It's a Triscadillion. Triscadillion. Yeah, that's oh, what that's that's a Triscadillion. Triscadillion. 
but they're they're like carrying fire on their on the front end of their uh their Trisca, snout there. Trisca dildo. <laughs> I can make one of those. <laughs> I hung oh, my just inspired me. Up on the wall. <laughs> Merch. Perfect with um, a perfect pagan holiday. (laughs) (laughs) Merch, merch. It's my favorite Christmas card ever. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm going to send out this year for my (laughs) Christmas card. (laughs) Perfect pagan holiday. (laughs) 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 Robbie. What cartoons did you grow up on? Because I was I was thinking about I was watching all these old, you know, you get in those nostalgia rushes, and you're like, hey, I wonder if if uh, like Super Friends holds up mm. or Thundar Thundar the Barbarian or something. Early shit. on, yeah, I would get up on Saturday mornings and um, basically, you know, um, this is back. We had a black and white TV. We actually had two TVs. We had a black and white TV on the bottom that the picture worked. And then we had another TV on top that the sound worked. So nice. you would have to put them both on the same station if you want. And uh, But I would get uh-huh. up and there was Heckle and Jekyll. And there was like oh, yeah. Tom and Jerry. And there was like um, just, uh, you know, you had the uh, the various Huckleberry Hound. And um, some of the, uh, what is it? The La 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 La. la the, the Banana Splits, man. Banana I love split that show, from, dude. Um, banana splits and news a review like yep, that one yep. kind of traumatized me but yeah. banana splits were were fun man because they had those they had those weird uh cartoons that you'd never see anywhere else anywhere else yeah. and they were like little 15 minute episode yep. and they had this dude with a genie and like they were like going going balls out and like trying weird shit and that was like yeah cool the cool stuff and i find it funny that uh there's no which now's the time to re-promote the uh gofundme on the gordy's traumatization from the new zoo and (laughs) (laughs) no shit man that thing is uh, i the thing is trauma it's terrifying don't don't watch it it's awful Mm. anyway i'm just kidding it's, oh, so the episode that weird. we played a bunch of them on, <laughs> probably shouldn't watch that either. It was disturbing. Yeah, I probably shouldn't watch. But at a certain point, I also remember like Thundercats and like He-Man. And it, probably after that was when I got out of cartoons, you know. Oh, and then there was Cobra Commander and G.I. Mm. Joe. And, oh, yeah. You know, he was always taking over the world and talking about all the exact stuff that they're doing right now you know they had that whiny ass voice too command get you gi joe yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the exact same as the voice on thundercats of uh the mummy mama oh, mumra she had a weird voice or he i don't want to mispronoun mumra what was it, uh, what was what was the old show there with the sketches and the land at the center of time? Uh, the sketches are from Dark Crystal. No, they not the sketches, but they fell into like the hollow earth, and Chaka was down there. Oh, they, La, La, uh, land, land of, of the, the Lost. lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah lost. That, all that Sid yeah. Marty, 
Sid and Marty Croft shit was fucking weird as hell, but they had some interesting stuff. Like they were the ones that they had sea slacks coming out of pyramids. Yep. And like they were the first ones that kind of like reptilian planted planted reptilian shit yeah. in our our generation's mind, like really fucking early on, man. Oh yeah. And uh, uh they they v also is the did... big one for the reptilian shit for me. Like V V, I was like, did this guy just watch V? Yeah. I felt that's, like that's V what was on my house every day. Like, I don't mm. know how it just was, like haunted my childhood. Like, <laughs> it was always yeah, V on the TV. Yeah. The old one. We the somehow, PBS would show those little mini series. So, yeah. out of the few things that I ever watched as a kid, V every year, Shogun every year, yeah. The Sackets, Kane. And what's that? Kane, the Kung Fu Kane. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember Kane. Do you guys remember the other show uh where it was aliens and they had spotted heads and they couldn't get I wet? was Alien Nation. I was just thinking about Alien that, Nation, yeah. Sean. It was Alien yeah. Nation and they would eat the cur drink the curdled milk. milk. Yeah. It was yes. all it was all about them uh being integrated into society. Like they were yeah. they had normal jobs and shit. Right. And like I, I won the normalized the alien as being like and I remember them talking about it at the time, like normalizing like illegal aliens, like they're just people too who are was some yeah. stupid shit. <laughs> I won the costume contest uh, one year in high school. Me and my mom built a mailbox, like a blue U.S. postal mailbox. And so I tried to win again the next year, and I had my mom buy me a skull cap and paint mm. all those little dots on my head. Oh, but bitching. I was late, so I missed the contest. But I scared the shit out of all my fucking classmates. Like I nice. missed the contest, so I couldn't win. But I showed up looking just like that guy in the picture. And I mean, everybody knew it was a costume, but they just couldn't quit staring at me. And I just felt so right. cool. Like, ah, <laughs> you know, my mom even like put my ears because they didn't have ears. So she put yeah. my ears mostly inside the skull cap. And, you know, we got yeah. uh, that. There's a name for that rubber cement that you use to paint your yeah. skin spirit with. Gum. Yeah, spirit gum. Yeah, well, she, my, my mom's one of the main reasons I'm such a profoundly artistic person because she just goes off deep in. And uh, she's mostly oh, a cool. cake decorator and like arts and crafts stuff, but I should encourage her to to make fine art. There it is, Chaka, Chaka, Hari. They're kind of like Inky Doo or some sort of a Yeti creature. Uh huh. They were supposed to be like what? Cro-Mags, cavemen, Cro early... something like that. In Land of the Lost. And, we should uh, rewrite uh, "Love, Love You Do" for Inky Do. You just gave me that idea when you said Inky Do. Yeah, Inky you know, Do. I love you. Skidamarinky Do. Is that the song? Oh, the I was looking for Munra or this uh, one from the Americans. Is it Mumra? Mumra. 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 Yeah, right there. This yeah. one. Like a mummy. Oh, Mumra. Yeah. Why are we doing that? You know what else talks that way too? Because you said dark crystal, those vultures on the dark crystal. The yep. they have that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, they have the that voice too. Nice. That is just a creepy voice. Let me drain the blood from the baby. 
Oh, talons! Oh, talons! And Agra. Agra, yeah. Now, I think I finally. Gave... Go ahead, go, go ahead, Jane. Oh, I was just. I think I finally figured out the perfect background for this camera. Um, in this part, because then if I back up, I could just do this. Yeah. Stay right into it. <laughs> oh, just like just like again, Homer Simpson trying to hide just, in the bushes. Yeah, like Homer, yeah. Homer like, like I'll say something embarrassing, like a joke that lies flat. Like I'll just say a line, and you guys, none of you laugh, and I'll be like, um, oh. like dolphins on the beach, <laughs> and then everyone just stays, and then I just do this. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> well, let's not be not making a joke where we don't laugh, though. <laughs> let's we'll not have beat to set around up the someone. bush any longer. What's what's the big question <laughs> in everyone's mind right now? Does the carpet match the drapes? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Jamie! <laughs> he said, "Beat around the bush." <laughs> 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 when someone someone's bald and they say that it means something different. Look at <laughs> look what I do. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> See, or you could just say something that makes me like. <laughs> 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 I just realized I have to move my pink blanket out of the way or it won't the, the special effects won't work. Okay, I see. Yeah. <laughs> pink, pink blanket uh, counteracts the green screen. There it goes. Yeah. There it goes. Yep, works better. <laughs> I had to say something like this is a beard based show. Nobody without a beard is allowed in here. <laughs> She was just trying to show us her beard. She wasn't really disappearing. I know. <laughs> I did the Sharon Stone. What are you going to do? Arrest me for smoking? <laughs> I wish I was sitting in a chair, not crisscross applesauce, so I could do the whole thing. That was, a, that was such a classic scene, Sharon Stone. Mm -hmm. Sharon, Sharon Stone. Stone. Dude, that scene that, that ruined so many VCR tapes. <laughs> rewind, yeah. pause, rewind, pause, rewind, pause, pause. No, rewind, rewind, pause, rewind. Ah, almost. Okay, one more time. Rewind, pause. My oldest daughter, her inception was definitely because of that movie. There is no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> we went and saw that in the theaters. Holy shit, that was too much. I was like six, I was 16. That was too fucking much. Oh that's funny. That's funny I thought Sharon Stone's hottest role was total recall. Mm. Right. Which awesome is fighting. Which yeah. is fighting him. And she's so, the hotter chick, the chick he goes for on Mars. Yeah. No, now, not, isn't Sharon not Stone cute. his CIA appointed wife in the movie. Totally, it's the same yeah. Thing. There yeah. was the sexy. Yeah. There's yeah. the sexy She's little the doctor yeah. chick in there too. There, there's the sexy little doctor chick in there too. And then Sharon, he bones Sharon Stone's girlfriend or whatever the hell. I just remember the girl with like, three boobs. The whole damn movie is just a whole lot of sex. Who designed the chair? And did they sell more of these office chairs? 
because Sharon Stone started him. <laughs> Good question. Um, man, you can't chairs. smoke in here. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Arrest me for smoking? <laughs> Pause. <laughs> I like Sharon's. My favorite Sharon Stone role is probably uh, Casino. Uh, she's pretty dope in Casino. Oh, Ginger. Is that a yeah. Las Vegas movie that we need to see? Oh, Ginger. Crazy movie. Casino's like the real thing. <laughs> Like, I know Robert De Niro really... sad in that movie though. He's like in love with her. She's in love with her pimp still. And uh yes. like Ro Robert De Niro gives her everything in that movie and she still goes back to her pimp. Just like movie real posters. life. Gets, like, gets Robert her De Niro's ass beat. actually a pretty decent guy in that movie all around. He's just like smart. That's all that's all that ever is. He ends up he he ends up getting just fucked in the whole deal. Yeah, he's the one that's trying to be a straight-up gangster and everybody else is strung out and spun out and crazy and murderous. And he's like, we're supposed to be gangsters. You're supposed to keep it on the down low, guys. But nobody can do it. Joe Pesci can't keep his fucking mouth shut in the restaurant. Has to go start killing people because he got his feelings hurt and shit. I like when he stabs the dude in the neck with the pen. Yeah, me too. That's, that's one of my that's favorite the best. of all time. Because <laughs> I just like... That's a good friend. Did you did you just disrespect my friend here? <laughs> he sticks the pen in his neck. Was that the string cheese? I've seen it a long time. Yeah, that's <clears> the string cheese. Wow, man. The string cheese instance going on right now. I live just up the road. That's just down the 101. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I live, I live outside of Garber. I live outside of Garberville. Hmm. Robbie, these are cool. These are so I loud. love poster art. It's my favorite. Me too. Me too that, was, man. that was the question I had queued you know, up for Robbie like here. Music poster art. Robbie, do you yeah. did you have um any of the Marvel Blacklight posters when you were a kid? Like the Silver Age Blacklight posters. Do you remember those? Yeah, I didn't get too much in at a certain I mean, I read comics early on, but at a certain point I got into like punk rock and skate culture and like i was out riding ramps and um you know and i kind of my brother on the other hand was heavy into the comic books thing you know um but yeah it, it, i did have blacklight posters but not really comic related you said you were b-boying too yeah kind of from the whole skate culture um i kind of right. got into like the early kind of hip-hop and bad brains and beastie boys and kind of yeah. you know, and then i was djing house parties and then that kind of transitioned into Dude. Uh, doing show posts because i was doing like the flyers like when i would dj at a club or a house party i was doing the flyers for all that stuff so early Dude. on poster type art you know that's awesome you should write a, a memoir man yeah man yeah couple people have bad said changed my life dude yeah bad I mean, you really are you're you're like continuing the tradition that started yes. of these all these you know i don't even know all their names but you do stanley yeah. mouse etc etc yeah. uh um i don't know how many people are doing it man i mean i'm sure there's other guys out there but they're not doing it as long as you've been doing it yeah it's For getting real. up there in the number of years so, you know i mean you're real humble and kind but you're kind of a fucking living legend bro 
you know, so, <laughs> no, I don't think about it, honestly. I just right, I know that's what makes you live a legend cool. is to not not to have it's, the don't identify it as it, right? You're just yeah. you're just whoever you really are. Might not right. even identify as your well, own name, right? <laughs> that's the, how I am. Like a, Yeah, the art is a byproduct of right. my psyche, you know. Um I make the art and that's like everybody's always like, Well, what's you know, and honestly, I don't think about the past stuff that I've done a lot. Um, right. I'm more focused on moving into wherever I'm becoming, you know. Um, awesome. And I think that that the uh, during COVID, me being able to uh, start, you know, writing and getting into the whole research aspect of it, and and uh, has really opened a new door to the the possibilities of creativity you know yeah wow. i think it's good man i would consider it's inspiring, so to start bro. taking the same kind of notes of uh you know like go over the decades or interview your wife mm. or ask your past clients and just mm. get some idea decade by decade or you know every five years yeah. or show by show because it doesn't hurt and you got so much art you wouldn't have to write a book like a novel tome that's all mm. thick you could just make a huge ass coffee table book and put a page yeah. of writing with everything that's your favorite Some and have a beautiful uh, memoir. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great a idea. Great idea. Yeah. Those are huge some, uh, volume of work. Shirts wow. for a bluegrass band called the Weed Eaters. We love the goats here. Yeah. And the, wow. goat, the cosmic goat playing the fiddle. How awesome. Um, I remember that. One. I, I was gonna say, is that a Cap Capricorn thing? Kinda, yeah. And oh. uh, I've got that a was guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, he said I want a goat playing the fiddle, and I was like, all right, I'll make it. So that's what came out of it. <laughs> Love it, man. And that piece right now, um, there's a uh, manufacturer. Um, he sell. He's does vending on the road as well. This guy, uh, Big Wooly Mammoth, that I've known for a number of years, or Big Wooly is what people call him. But he's actually making that piece into uh, like roll out waterproof picnic blankets. Awesome. Yeah, oh, they should, really? yeah, they should be available. I don't know when, but yeah, he's working oh, that's on it. That's so, so cool. Yeah. To have your art like that. But yeah, it's, it's, I mean, interesting doing the post cause you got the posters and then, um, you know, like there's enamel pins. I do hats occasionally, um, tapestries, like big, you know, wall size tapestries. Um, just, you know, what, wherever it goes, I mean, I'm open I to it I never all. saw no hats. I, I'd be totally down. I collect hats so. I'd be totally yep. down to get a, a, a market. Do you, you have a merch and, on your site? Um, I have Etsy, and then I have my website that has a. Okay, right on. Plug up that you can yeah. Put those but, links. Let's get those links because I want to see that. But that's like a Tiffany style enamel pin. That oh, one. How cool! Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my fucking dog. Scroll I think the pin I got was just plastic, like a shrinky dink box or something. Oh, one of those uh, enamel pins. It's uh, like a, it's like a piece of plex, and they print on the back of it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because I, I you just put up a kit like that, like you were talking about one day. You know, it was like ten or fifteen 
stickers and a pen yeah. and a little tin that some of it comes in. And like, I don't remember if there was a deck of cards, like, maybe like, a, yeah, yeah, exactly. Deck of cards. Yeah. And I've got some of it sitting on my, you know, it's not really an altar, but you know, how it is like you end up putting everything in one space and organize it. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, it's not like intentional altar, like I'm burning candles or, 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 doing anything but it's just that sacred space it's right next to my desk and i looked up there because what i did is sometimes i'll make shrinky dink art and i'll show you one of the bigger pieces I've ever made on you the do charcuterie art yeah charcuterie yeah art. me and my it. wife did that for something for a That's funny. Oh, I shrinky yeah. dink it. so you can see here put it back on my camera for just a second there alan would you yeah I'll bring it up to uh, let's see can you Elder. see that thing right above the door there that's all shrink film that I painted all over. Mm. I don't know if you can see it. It's, it's there in it the, there we go. So, oh, yeah. um, so I, I got a tiny one of those that's on my uh, altar, like I said, and I stuck that little fox through there. So he's always looking at me when, you know, he's looking back at me. Yep. So I think about you all the time because I was like, hey, I know who made hey. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing with the images, man. You know, you you create this thing that is, you know, a byproduct of the psyche, and then you send it out into the to the ethos, and it yeah. kind of, you know, does its own thing. You know, yeah, um, yeah. Those are spinner pins where you can spin the little Buddha figure, and he goes, he spins. Yeah, you can see there, and yeah. uh, so this is for a comedian that's a good friend of mine out in Colorado, AJ Finney. And on the back, it says, uh, high on my own supply. <laughs> nice. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. That's cool. So you're going to be gone for a few months? Yeah, I think a uh, little two and a half, three months, somewhere around there. Um, going to go do some festivals, see some friends and family, um, do some camping um i think i you know i'm wanting to go out and drive down to like chula vista and then take the what is it route one 101 up the yeah. whole way you know um and then i gotta be back in colorado for another event i got like 20 days that i can kind of just go play and then um yeah and then i gotta head back to the east coast after that so oh so you're gonna be over here in the west yeah yeah because I didn't catch I'm, the beginning of what you said, or, you know, when you were first popped on, I was driving in my truck and I came in late. Mm. So, how far, uh, how far north are you coming? Um, I I would like to do the full route all the way up the coast, you know, all the way up into Washington to the border, and you know, um, but yeah, um, it's just, and at that point, I'll just be playing, you know. But before that, yeah, I have I mean, to go. Stay in touch, man. I'll I'll hit you my number on the private messenger or something. Because yeah. if you come yeah. up that far, I might be able to buzz over and meet you somewhere. I mean, yeah. it's still a, a ways from the coast for Boise. I'm in Boise, but okay. Um, man, we went through what the Snake River over that way. Isn't yeah, that where the Snake River is. Yeah, yeah, and Snake River the, Canyon's real real close by. Yeah, and it's so deep that you can't see the bottom when you're standing on the side of it. Sometimes, some spots, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a trippy yeah. thing, man. Right. Is it, you can die out here. They call it Hell's Canyon for a reason. Mm. I Man, I did a whitewater <laughs> rafting trip through Hell's Canyon at one point. Yeah. Years and years and years ago. I did yeah. it with a bunch of disabled people on jet boats one time. That was an experience. 
Disabled folks on jet boats. Woo. Now you get all the people in their wheelchairs and you load their wheelchairs. Uh, you get them out of their wheelchairs and you load the wheelchairs onto the boat. And then you put the people up on the boat and put them back in their wheelchairs. And uh, it's crazy. Well, but, you know, people in wheelchairs don't care if they die. So they don't care. It's yeah. just the caregivers and yeah. the other and the staff that are scared. It was right. fucked up because uh, we went down the river fine. And it was awesome. This guy's blasting it, you know, and he's the driver's showing off for the disabled people and kind of running the living shit out of it. He's got a jet boat with two turbo diesel Cummins engines in it. And he's just hauling ass, you know, really kind of like trying to get a whoop, you know, whoop, you drop your stomach yep. and have some fun. Well, he threw a belt on the way back up the river and, uh, and uh, the river started to push us back downstream. And you could, I'm watching these guys because they're professionals but i'm looking at them like you know what are you going to do now now you got yeah. 18 disabled people on a boat stuck oh. hell's canyon in the bright sunshine and right. uh they pulled out the biggest fucking zip ties i've ever seen in my life and just they opened that engine hatch and they were running the other motor hard enough to keep us sideways against the rock and they're looking yep. and they're looking and finally they stuck a couple big old zip ties down in there and pulled it really tight and that zip tie worked good enough as a belt to get us nice. back up the river and i'm like you guys are badass That's nice <laughs> nice yeah, that is badass. Wow. Yeah, that's that shit. Because I was wondering, like, I mean, I guess they could send another boat down to rescue us, but, you know, you can't really have that kind of, you know, if you're just able-bodied people, you could sit there for four hours and wait. It doesn't matter, yeah. but you can just start to run into problems with a bunch of quadriplegics and other people. You can't just have them sitting there for too long. You have to start having serious issues. <laughs> right, right. a weird question looking up nimrod uh have you either felt any weird energy around you while you looked like coming across something new that you're un like digging that maybe hasn't been yeah brought to light in a while or mm -hmm. do you feel like a pooling like a big huge energy almost helping you sometimes on dig like for yeah. the good or bad it's really <laughs> strange because um i kind of like like kind of how when you're doing art and you kind of sink into it and lose yourself and you kind of mm -hmm. watch the process evolve of itself um that's kind of when i was writing the book it was it was very i i very um much relinquished um myself and what i was and just allowed it to kind of but yeah there was uh, there was definitely an energy kind of drawing me through and like as you're finding out the facts and or the, the potential facts you know as far as you're reading the histories and getting all these different stories from different angles um you you kind of begin to put things together and like you begin to understand some of the you know rituals and like why why they carry into today and like just uh, essentially I think that the reason the Bible was written was because of all the dastardly stuff that was going on um, in the time of Nimrod and those Scythian um, shepherd kings that were kind of ruling over the lands and kind of um, manipulating. Because that's, you know, when, when those uh, shepherd kings came into Egypt, one of the first things they did was they merged the sun calendar with the moon calendar so that's like the earliest uh you know alchemical wedding kind of that i that i found in the histories mm. and you kind of just follow these veins through you know and it's just just interesting it's like uh 
you know, just like an octopus and just like everything. I mean, the whole, you know, uh, weaving spiders, it's like a giant, it's just a, a web and, and you kind of get on one of those threads and you just ride that, that vibration and see where it takes you, you know, it's uh yeah, but it, it was definitely, uh, an interesting point, um, as far as, uh, psychologically, you know, because some of these projects, like you get into a piece of art and you can complete a piece of art in like three to five days and, you know, have it ready for press. Whereas like this book is something that I basically like started off slow and it kind of developed over like three years. And at a certain point, like there was months on end where I was just like, just like in that, that, information you know like bathing myself in it and like just tracing stuff down and um yeah but that's you know i i think that um if we're not blowing our own minds like on a regular basis we're doing something wrong you know? yeah totally yeah that's awesome do you think there's yeah. any propaganda that in nimrod and the person the entity we think of now how it's like all the devil mm. and it's the anti-christmas and here's right. rudolph and here's the tree and it's like everything's attached to nimrod all the time do you think that somewhere it's, it, it's yeah it seems to be one of the uh the oppositional forces through history you know and and that's that kind of spirit of nimrod um and when you get into the skinwalker and going back into the mesopotamian histories and then you walk that into like modern um cinema and you have like leatherface and you have buffalo bill and you have you know um just all the the various aspects of the indigenous peoples and the beliefs in the skinwalkers and um it's it's definitely interesting to see how things echo through time you know yeah even with the skinwalkers and, and there's like the attachment to devil's tower and mm. uh if you have the idea that noah's ark was just one tree like how they would have carved a boat mm. back then they would have carved it out of one tree and there's the whole big tree philosophy of how big the trees used to be World so if tree. devil's tower was an ancient tree also some trees um, when you start cutting them, they have tons of water inside. So oh, yeah. you would have the foreknowledge of the water as you were cutting it down to build an ark. So then yeah. you have Nimrod coming along later where everyone's building a tower to maybe yeah. emulate the tower that Noah cut oh. down once. So now with the Tower of Babel, when you get into that story, what I kind of hashed out through the course of all that was... Um, so with Nimrod, he's like a demigod. So right. wasn't he like a, a, a child of a Nephilim or something like that? Yeah. So one of his parents was was uh, Nephilim and then the Earth Woman. Um, but from that perspective, you know, basically it was thought that um, through the gates of Saturn and Venus, like the gates of Saturn are what allowed the human souls to descend into this plane, right? Whereas the gates of Venus is what allowed these um, other energies to descend, these uh, angelic or these fallen type beings, you know? Um, and the thing was, once they came down and entered into the human bodies, um, they were like trapped in matrix almost. And when that fleshly body died, they were trapped on the earthly plane to become some say the djinn and some say yeah. 
demonic forces walking the earth. Yeah, that that's really what the demons are, that it's not uh, right. fallen angels, it right. is the spirits of the dead Nephilim. Right. So now when when they were building the Tower of Babel, the reason was they were trying to get to the entrance back into the heavenly realm that was way up in the middle of the air, as the gospel songs say. Right. And so they were building this tower to enter back into the heavenly realm to get to the tree of life so that they could eat from the tree of life and their fleshly bodies wouldn't die. And so right. my philosophy is what if the tree of life was actually devil's tower right. where skinwalkers like walk, an actual yeah. tree. And so right. they tried to emulate it with a building. So they cut mm-hmm. it down and right. they created mm. a babbling brook. So instead of Babel yeah. being like a language, it was waters from it. It was waters. It, the tree separated the waters above from right. the waters below. Whoa. So yeah. and yeah, so it's just like an idea I F with that they mm. if they were trying to emulate a building that would connect or be that large, they could well, never do it again. And then you and have we, all these winged beings, almost like we have birds in a tree and a small you have like Isis and you have Nimrod and you have what is it, Gilgamesh. Yeah, yeah, they all have these wings, and it's mm. just like so interesting. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then there's the other uh Enoch idea that the uh, the winged gods, the fallen angels come down, they sleep with the daughters of men, they have the Nephilim as their offspring, but right. the sirens are what become of them. The daughters of men become the sirens in the sea. So those right. are all that mer legends that we yep. have yep. going yep. on right now. So Why you have giants and mer people. Yeah, it's just oh, yeah. so wild that all yeah. that stuff links just mm-hmm. as much into fairy tales and right. Gaelic legends, and it's all yep. kind of in the Bible as well. Yeah. And and with Enoch specifically, you know, he calls out the Nephilim for bastardizing the birds and the fishes. And so, they, you know, it almost it almost entails some sort of a genetic manipulation where they're actually creating all these satyrs and all these half goat, half man, half horse, half man, half. Right. Book of Enoch is the the insight to all of that stuff, because the. Because Enoch ends up in a position trying to play middleman between the fallen angels and God. And they're like, go tell God this. And he's like, well, I'll tell him, but I don't think he's going to like it. But I'll see what he says. And and then in the Bible, it's mentioned real briefly that the fallen angels are responsible for teaching mankind all the craft. But in the book of Enoch, it gives you all the details of which fallen angel taught metallurgy and which one taught how to use makeup and on and on down the list. Mixing colors and making images like uh, all of it man you know um and that's you know uh yeah and enoch called out you know them for basically you know um and that's getting into decalion and the flood and getting into you know the the flood and noah and and the idea of wiping out that line of those that blood those bloodlines basically um but if you get in if you get into the um Babylonian texts, um, they used to decry Noah and basically say that mm-hmm. instead of him being a pure man that walked the earth, that he was actually the bloodline that was saved and brought into the new world, basically inaugurating, bringing the spirit of the giant into the new world, you know. Uh-huh. So it's, yeah, depending on the story you look at, you know. Um, right. The opposite. Right, right. Well, yeah, and then look how many times like Nimrod's depicted holding so many beasts that we know now as being very yep. large and how small yep. they look in his hand. 
right? Because he was That's a so Netflix. curious. Yeah. yeah, it makes me think of what's the the who did that that uh, Noah yeah, movie? There was, a giant. there was more Gnostic with the giant. Oh uh, yeah, Aaron Aronofsky's Yeah, yeah. And is it and Enyel too? They look the same way. Mm. Is that are they the two that also have the wings depicted and being very tall? In well, they yeah. were more robotic, yeah. I think. The ones with the the ones with the carvings with the. Uh, the bags, oh. right? Is that the ones you're talking about? Yeah, you're Those talking depictions? Sumerian, Caldonian Sumerian stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's a whole thing with the what they think those bags. It's a whole series that has yeah. like carvings with like purses, like these gods right. with purses, and they find that that same theme in the south american ones american. here yeah yeah and um some like petroglyphs and shit like there's like people with big heads and purses like right. in like bags or something Jack so they're Graham like Hancock goes on about that one yeah and those guys always try and make it fucking aliens right again right. and it drives me ape shit but well and now whatever. in modern times who's pushing the who's pushing the handbags hermes <laughs> Hermes right. for real. Yeah, right. totally. That's right. Yeah. Huh? Uh, yeah it's, and if it's, you even try to look up Hermes and Gator or Hermes and Reptilian or any connection with that kind of stuff, like when you're looking up depictions of Hermes with his head on the dragon, it yeah. pulls up just purses. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No accident. The whitewash right. of history. Right. Right. It's like I remember like watching it happen with the Norse mythology because we were looking at it because of studying the book of Enoch and Flat Earth. And uh, all of a sudden, all the Norse shit was was gone, and it was getting overrun with comic book shit and other stuff. And it's like, damn it, because we were, you know, we were using those search results actively. We were looking at stuff. Oh, the same stuff where it's like right all Wiccan. Our noses. It's Wiccan yeah. and pagan and a lot Jesus. of Nordic stuff now, and everything which they're all put together now in the they're same category. Right. And they're yeah. called shamans or. You know, oh, oh my yeah, god, universalist would they we call that universalist? And then the worst part is, is anytime you actually see it, anytime you see an article that says pagan, it's all Roman, anytime, right. and nobody, right. nobody's one of them, nobody even likes well, Romans. And in the Roman culture, all that pagan meant was you were somebody who lived in the country, it didn't yeah, mean anything, anything special, you know, redneck. So yeah, yeah. Exactly. so they've kind of misappropriated the term, you know. Over and over again. That's how it yeah. happens. Right. That's the that's the game they have to play with us because otherwise we'll figure it out and put them out of business. Mm. So they so have to you keep were, messing with us. You were a kid checking. Oh, you cut out again, Gordy. Gordy's trying to get a solid connection here. It's all right. That's why I don't do drugs anymore. I could never get a solid connection. <laughs> get a screenshot of that. We'll share it in the Telegram. So he's posing. He uh, wants Robbie to, you know, maybe paint him or make a character. There you go. <laughs> oh my God! Am I back? Yeah, yep, you're back. My internet. Every time I talk, man, it's, it's freaking Nimrod's fucking mm. up my <laughs> my signal. Um, I don't know. That's what I had to say. <laughs> You're like, I'm exhausted now. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
<laughs> oh, <laughs> <a> nap. Um, <laughs> no, but this is cool, man. Yeah, were you were you like a kid, like getting into like finding out there were like um extra books of the Bible and checking them out from yeah at a certain point in my late teens i was really getting it i was like i bought that book the other bible and it has all the apocryphal not all but a portion of the apocryphal texts right Um, i remember that one i remember when i was in third or fourth grade um in grade school and they had the school book fair the scholastic book fair you know and they have all the books that you can get and i got this one book that was on strange phenomena on planet earth and it had i remember it had uh men in black that came out of the hollow earth and they like came down and they were like observing people and like the only thing that they could like that they would eat whenever they would eat at restaurants they would put hot sauce on everything because it was the only thing that they could taste you know and i'm like this is like when i'm in like third or fourth grade you know and it's like what is scholastic feeding me you know (laughs) yeah So, yeah, I've always had kind of a bent for the strange and the interesting and the, you know, the, the variety, the spice of life, you know. Did you have a, an imaginary playmate as a kid? No, I had my brother. There it know, is. Yeah, and we would run around in the woods and like uh, at one point. Um, oh, yeah, the other Bible. That's it. That's it. Um but yeah, at one point we were running around and we must have been five or six. And there was these uh, tunnels in the tr- like there was bushes behind the houses where we lived. And there was tunnels in between where the fences were. And me and my brother would go back there and just hang out and like be in our own little land. And one day uh, my mom came out to get us for dinner and she called us and we both came out naked because we were like <laughs> back there. My mom's like, what are you doing? What clothes? It's like, we, you know, you're just off in our own little playland, man. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. It's the natural thing to do once you get dirt all over you to take your clothes off and feel better. Exactly. Yeah, man. Yeah. When you're so, muddy, you just. Clothes weren't an issue, really. We, it wasn't something that was, a, you know. <laughs> now we have to cover ourselves. <laughs> We always got whipped for getting our clothes muddy, so it's just best to take mm-hmm. them off. Leave them up somewhere dry, nice and clean. Right, right. Now that is smart if you have the forethought to take the clothes off first. That's really smart. First, yeah, yeah. My mom was never very hard on us, so we just fucked everything up. Right. we just have a nervous breakdown about every two years, and then we'd be like, we got to do better, you guys. I know, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Gr- growing up in the 70s, uh, it was a lot more free-range kids. Yeah, man. Like, out, latchkey kids were, yep. we were just, it was just BMX bikes in the fucking yep. desert, wherever you were. Yeah, wherever. I remember crashing my BMX like we had my balls so hard that I didn't know mm-hmm. if I was like, your friends would come pick you up and be like, you're all right, slap you on the back, give you a drink of water yeah. or something. And you're just like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you're thinking about how far you are from home and how dark it is. Yeah, like, my yeah. dick. Oh, my God. Yeah, but back then we would go, we would take our bikes and we'd ride 10, 20 miles away from the oh, house. Oh, yeah. 
you know yeah man we'd go to the, the, down some railroad tracks and yeah just, we lived in yeah. our army post man we got so deep into the army post yeah. um that we got way down the tank tracks i remember there was these huge hills is in uh monterey california there was mm -hmm. these big sweeping hills and at the bottom was like probably a foot and a half two feet of sand because of you know you're just close to the beach we're close mm -hmm. to the beach and so we would go down those hills and pedal as hard as we could with our bmx bikes to try and hit that sand and make it across without having to push our bikes and it just would float you know your whole bike would float and you're just pedaling as hard <laughs> as you can you know and if you did good you could make it to the other side but if you tipped yeah. over then you're like knee deep and you're like just trying to get your bike yeah, back up out of there and then you got to walk <laughs> up to the other side you know i remember i mean those are vivid memories those are some yeah. of the best times yeah. i ever had man right right <laughs> I, there Dude, was a skater and a punk too huh yeah yeah send the misfits uh corrosion to conformity yeah, um yeah. At, at the time i uh i don't know it was like 85 or 86 but i lived in oklahoma I was outside of Oklahoma City, and we lived down the road from uh, that band Seven Seconds. And we oh, I love Seven Seconds, dude! That yeah, fucking we, band, yes. Yeah. We'd go down there and watch them rehearse in the garage a couple times. Right here, on. So, um, but yeah, it's uh, you know, I mean, I kind of just like kind of got into whatever I thought was cool, you know, as a kid. I mean, Did my I, mom, it, I, I didn't grow up with any religion um i was in you know basically my mom you know um raised by a single mom i was a latchkey kid um you know kind of had free reign to do whatever i wanted to do kind of you know um it was good times good good childhood so you started collecting a lot of music albums yeah well that was the thing after when i started getting into hip-hop um i was buying records for DJing parties and stuff and then you start to like oh like oh this is sampled from this so you would go yeah. and you find that record and this is that baseline so you'd find and so as a result of that you know you get into jazz and you get into funk and you get into like you know, different rock and roll stuff, and you just like are exposed to this whole plethora of of you know it sounds and yeah dude i remember yeah. when i i realized that there was a woman what was her name anita howard she mm. wrote this nasty song about uh being a freak and mm -hmm. i will be a freak until the day until the dawn i remember the first time i realized that it was boosie collins yeah like the boosie oh. collins song came on and my brain was like oh, oh shit you know and yep. then like yep. now, now instead of jamming the old track i put on boosie collins yeah exactly I'd rather be with you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Girl, I'd rather be with you. It's badass, you know. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I know what you mean. Getting into sampling and you start, or even just as any kind of musician, you start like, well, if Jimi Hendrix was copying T-Bone Walker, then who was T-Bone Walker copying, That's right? Copying. You start. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that was, a, that was another thing. I actually worked down in uh, the Delta, um, down in uh, East Helena, um, which is West Memphis, basically. Um, oh, yeah. I was working for uh, the Department of Arkansas Heritage, or the Arkansas Department of Heritage. And so I was working with the King Biscuit Blues Festival. And, oh, no uh, shit. Really? Yeah, I, I got to go out and, well, I, I hung out with Sonny when he was still alive. And I got to dig through and listen to a bunch of old blues 45s. Um, wow. while, I was, while I was there, I actually got to go out 
and we went to a couple spots that were supposed to be the original crossroads where Robert Johnson signed his Papa Legba. Yeah, that's a trip, dude. Yeah. Somebody take you to the real crossroads. Did you go at night? Wow. No, we went in the day. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but I still, I still go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Robert Johnson yeah. had a big effect on my life, man. Did oh, you bring yeah, back any uh, any dirt from the? Uh, no, I was a kid, man. I was young. Dirt I was like under the fingernails. Yeah. I was like there, Wasn't there a Twilight Zone or something about them? Somebody brought brought the uh, dirt back from the crossroads. crossroads Maybe it was a. Sure. Maybe it was a horror comic or something. It was a Brady Bunch. It was about a tiki uh, god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is some some legend where somebody brought, Wait, didn't we read uh, that out loud? Yeah, we we, uh, we did do that. Oh, that we were ritual, whatever that was about. That yeah, was Alan up. had us read the script from a Brady Bunch that we took turns in the round. Yes. Yeah, we're going to Las Vegas this year, and maybe next year we're going to Hawaii. I don't know. We'll, we'll oh, find out. Are we manifesting that? How now? many days is it to Vegas? If we can't swim oh, Hawaii, no, we're going to no, record uh, out. No, I, I, got, I got it wrong. The message was coming in uh, out of order. We're wearing Hawaiian shirts and we go to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Is that... no, I thought that was where the, this year we're going to Vegas. Next year we're going to wear Hawaiian shirts in Florida. That was that was I'm it. I'm down with that. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. I'd rather go to Florida than Hawaii just because I know so many people in Florida now because yeah. of the internet. Go Next if you go to Hawaii. Florida? I, I think you, when after you're on the island for a certain amount of time, you start to feel trapped. Island fever, island, right? Yeah, because it's you can only you drive from one end to the other, and it's just like there's only so much to do there. It's, yeah, I've never been in that situation, so but I can imagine that being yeah. true because, like, I do go explore, and once mm. I've hit the limit four or five times, it's like, well, what are we doing is still here? Why are we still here, you know? Right. Do something else. And plus, I heard the the rumor is that the locals aren't real big on uh, tourists. Hallies? Yeah. What's that? Hallies? That's, that's what they call... call... Yeah, all tourists and then kind bro my uh wife's sister has a bookstore in hawaii Mm. um she has for a few decades she had a few bookstores but now she only has one um she lives in quarterly in idaho now Mm. but she also has hawaiian children and it's not a very it's kind of a rough existence for hawaiians oh yeah in quarterly no in hawaii that's why oh, they took yeah, their no, kids out of there. But she saw the bookstore there for their Tulsi culture. Gabbard is making everything better. Tulsi. What? <laughs> Tulsi's. Well, I found dead. when I went over there. Yeah, I found when I went over there that you know basically when the military came in during World War II, they set up all this infrastructure, and then kind of after the wartime situation was over, it's all just kind of abandoned. And it's all just kind of like decaying and all rusty and everything's kind of like, you know, um, in a state of slow decay, you know. Even their homeless population over there, they Mm -hmm. have it set up in such a structure. It's so organized and so clean, like not necessarily the drug addicts that are hanging right around the tourists, 
but right. off the the locals, the people whose bloods there and their family bloodline came from there, and now they've just been slowly pushed off their lands, and it's just yeah. like where they live is like a little mini it's such a community like yep. to like stay in it they won't let drugs be in there they have little schools for the kids it's kind of crazy the way it's set up like how we look at our streets and see all yeah. these homeless it's like something's different about our culture that's oh, yeah yeah i think we're more disassociated from from uh, community um i think mm -hmm. that on, on the island there they kind of have to rely on one another um you know and it just, i don't know when you look at, you know between the military and what dole did and it's uh yeah turned into you know just an industrial farm is that the, the banana company or was there a uh, president pineapple. name the pineapple, pineapple company, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah i was thinking bob dole <laughs> or someone's on the dole right no united fruit man yeah yeah, I mean, but just if you don't know about United Fruit Company and the why they call it a banana republic, they just exactly. fucking ruined everything, man. They just fucking killed everybody, ruined everything. Just gangsters, banana yep, gangsters. They are. they are. That's what every. It's like um, the same drug. Whatever any drug people think about or weapon people think about, that there's a whole mafia built around. Every single food has it. Maple syrup yeah. has it. Limes have it. Like yeah. bananas. Like the we can't. You can't get anything that's the best quality of the thing that you should actually be able to get because right. somebody runs a mafia trade on you. The like even Florida oranges. Like yep. it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Like it, the things that were like we were just talking about it, the stuff we grew up around, you could get a lot of local stuff. Now they make it so the local people can't sell their things in the stores at all. And so all the stuff on the shelf is all block BlackRock owned. So yep. it's just yeah, it's just one one type of banana now runs the freaking world. Yep. <laughs> well, and, pathetic. and also when you get into uh, Hermes, you know, um, he is the god of merchants and thieves yep. um you know totally we're seeing the screen already could you tell what that is i it looks weird on here i can i can't tell that's what, because all transactions yeah can you just hold up the camera or if you're on the camera trans, just hold the mirror up to it <laughs> so it, is transgender hermes just, do they want that for a reason know. is it transactional well, Hermes came together with Aphrodite and the the offspring was Hermaphrodite. Mm -hmm. Oh, so then if it is all about transactional, okay. then maybe there is a transaction going on and they're still mm -hmm. doing it under the guise of weather. Like they've had people sacrificing their kids to weather for thousands of years and they're still doing it for climate control. Except yeah. it's well, just called transgender. And I also think that that when you get into Hermes and the ideas of trans in regard to um, you know the hermaphrodite um, or Aphrodite, um, that the uh, the uh, it's it's an alchemical process. You yeah. Know? And I think that the rainbow that they use is the alchemical rainbow of transubstantiation. You know. That they're actually working alchemy on society, you know, and I've got I've got a lot of trans friends and I've got, you know, and I just think that the agenda, you know, you can see it being right. handed down, top, 
Yeah. And how it's being, you know, propagated through industry. And you got Joe Biden over there, you know, talking to industry about, you know, essentially you're the ones that can do it because the government can't do it. And it's like, you know, it's just it's interesting to see, um, again, back to the the um, magical aspects of controlling the the mind of the populace, you know. Robert, did you ever check out that lady, Lavette? She used to be on YouTube, but now she just is over on this site called Brighteon. Yeah. She's an she's an old alchemical uh, astrologer. She she does a different type of astrology <laughs> using using the she uses really she uses both sun and moon astrology at the same time, mm-hmm. and and the she'll she use the programs that are on the uh, the apps that look at the sky, and she'll turn on all of the constellations with the gods and uh maybe when i also i'm gonna make sure you have my phone number later i'll hit you on the dm on uh insta and maybe okay. i'll drop you a link to her channel because it might fit into your research or levette's pretty trippy yeah yeah like, the re- reason i said that is because you were talking about the, uh, the the rainbow and she talks about how the fact that they have the rainbow with the red at the top is mm. them symbolically telling you to have your lower chakras where your head should be <laughs> Yeah. Right? And so she well, said that if you're going to fly that rainbow flag, at least turn it upside down so yeah. that then the symbol is with the etheric and the lighter chakras in the right place as far as how they would be represented in the body. Because right. otherwise, you know, and now she goes on and on. I mean, she's she's wise, wise. Like Have a you lot ever of the heard stuff, that the chakras are supposed to be in the other direction? Like that's one of the big inversions that they did on us is we're supposed to have red on the head. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and also when you get into the idea of where we are on the plane, you know, you talk to a lot of the indigenous cultures and they say we're essentially in the upside down and that down is up and up is down, you know? Right. I've definitely yeah. heard a lot of that kind of stuff. That North is South and South is North. Yeah, well, in Egypt, um, it was reversed because of where it's at, and the the river actually flowed. Um, so, and and that affected the Masons to call the South the place of beauty, and the North, you know, the place of abomination. Whereas a lot of people think up is positive and down is negative. You know, so there's a lot of this play between right side up and upside down. And when you and also when your vision, you know, they say that when you're looking at things, the light goes in your eye and then and through the course upside flips upside down and then goes to your brain. So right. are we actually upside down, but just perceiving ourselves as being right side up? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I wanted to ask Ben about that. Sometimes I've been theorizing because, you know, the compass with the true north and like it always points, but it would be such a great, like we just assume that the north is where the thing would point. But what about if it would be the south? And then I was wondering if that's why we see like Odin hanging upside down from a tree. Like that's a big, huge tell where they're trying to be like, no, he's upside down. You have to look at everything the other way, like right at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, the hangman. So the yeah. forty-seven seventy-four. It's like the yep. inversion of it. Yep. Yep. L seven. Yeah, mm-hmm. L seven. <laughs> uh, let's not be L seven. Better learn Brick, to dance. Bricks are Bullet, heavy. Bullet. What's their? What was their song when we were 
if we're, we're dead or when we're dead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When we're dead. When you're dead. What did did L7 do shit list? Oh yeah. And I get mad uh, and I get pissed. Yeah. I take my pen and I write out a list. Well, that <laughs> room, we saw list them. Fair. We saw them at the DPC in Tucson in the 80s somewhere and it was like right before like they popped with uh, the Lollapalooza they went on Lollapalooza years later and yeah. uh, like she threw a tampon at somebody on stage. Or, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Fucking nightmare. Oh, yeah, it was when we pretend. Like, that when I saw them back then, not that show. I saw some one... fucking weird shows, though. Some of those oh. rickety clubs were a blast, but oh. fucking dangerous. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. some of those. My buddies in Washington, in Walla Walla, saw like Soundgarden and uh, Nirvana and all those bands at the like at the college dorm uh shows in in the walla walla valley like soundgarden would come play at whitman college and just go play in the back room at the dorm house you know yeah. and so i was always jealous that i you know i never yeah. really caught anything like that we saw sweaty nipples one time or you know i did catch some shows but not not like i mean they saw nirvana and soundgarden and uh yeah. i mean i i saw allison change in the tri-cities but that was still at a stadium you know yeah yeah Music, music. It was pretend that we're dead, Gordy. When we pretend that we're dead. Oh, that's such a good song. When we pretend that we're dead. Um, but it's interesting. Also, punk scene. What's that? Did Oklahoma have a good punk scene? I heard it did. Yeah, oh yeah, it did. Oklahoma City did, right? And then I moved to Colorado, um, and I was there for a number of years. Uh, I was only in Oklahoma for like two years, so yeah. But that's when I kind of went from punk into hip hop. At that point, the uh, vesicle. Can you? Uh, can, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is the answer to that. I was taking a dab. It's not fair to answer me questions. Ask me questions while I'm taking a dab. <laughs> <laughs> um so if we look when uh we'll call this one uh Muspelheim and this one Niflheim or or we'll call this one uh Muspelheim and this one Niflheim that well, that's what we'll do so when these two get pulled together by Ganunga Gap and the world and Midgard gets created the whole world gets created right what we understand is Muspelheim, which is actually the southern, is this the circle that's on the downside? Because we live in the Vesca Pisces, uh -huh. when we look up, what we see is this one. Right. When we look down, what we see uh -huh. is this one. Nice. So Niflheim, or our south, is actually the north, and the north is actually the south. Right. because we live right here that's that, awesome that, that makes thanks. sense thanks thanks yeah Matt. thank you that, that is great. awesome my head was theorizing that the other day and that's how i kind of picture the shape of the universe a lot of the time where it's like we are we could look up where it's that's not the cake. Where, yeah where everybody gets this like donut idea and it's almost but it's like spiraling and moving where we could see it i don't know anyway right. <laughs> 
Well, in that Vesica Pisces, if you go to Washington, D.C., they have the Vesica Pisces with the, the uh, monument you know, yeah. right there. Yeah. Coming out of the, the center, you know. Um, yeah. It's definitely the symbols, just the way the symbols echo and carry over and kind of, you know, course the correspondences get crazy. Would you say like Mercury even or uh, with um, Nimrod, like the big bull in Wall Street would be for these reasons? Well, and that's Nimrod. Um, his symbol was the bull um, and he would wear a severed bull's head, you know, uh, over his his head basically um and there's just you know and that gets into mithra and the slaying of the bull and like just i mean so many and then you have uh the uh osirian bull um that uh was supposed to be the reincarnation of osiris on earth and like this this symbol of the bull uh, and and with uh osiris and the bull you also have that relation between Osiris and Nimrod. So there's, you know, carry over there as well. Is there a mocking then of Osiris going on it, like a bullfight? Um, now with Osiris, um, it was believed that after he or died. Or Nimrod even, even how his name's considered dumb people. You know, like it's yeah, like they're really was... trying hard to right that was after the fact i think that that they turned it into the idea of being you know um a stupid person um but back then i mean well and maybe it was more the fact that he was just so vicious and and really didn't care and took what he wanted and didn't care about other people's opinions and kind of was a really dark kind of character you know he was throwing people off of the the um power of Babel like one of the stories I remember there was like a a sacrificial that's, jump or something yep that's the elder Nimrod that's the one the that actually Nimrod. power okay. fell that he became Latinus or Saturn and fled to Italy you know and and that I, was and a, see, go ahead I just I I'm always like interested in why those things are changed like what are the differences and like why why does one story go one way and one story go the other way the other way well and when that I... was the thing i i think that well and with the tower of babel or babel you also have to take into account that it was mostly the um the female goddess cults that were the ones that were behind building the towers and the walls because you have um mm. it, uh Samarmus, who was the gazer who was gazed upon because she was so beautiful but she would they would build the walls and she would stand on the walls and like gaze into the distance for enemies coming you know and then mm. that kind of echoes into kybel you know who was the builder of walls and symbolized by mm. that which goes around comes around and you always see her in you know like paintings with like buildings painted on her head as far yeah. as because the goddess cults were the ones that were building all the city walls and all the towers and even um there's um some legends in in babylon that uh inanna built these gates that were so big and even supposedly they have the brass um 
what's it called hinges that were on these gates where they essentially diverted the flow of the, the river through the city. Um, and they could just open and close those gates to divert for, to open up trade or to close trade. So, you know, the goddess cults were doing like huge, like architectural pro, you know, um, projects and, and works, um, mm -hmm. underground facilities, roads, like all kinds of stuff, you know? So, um, as far as the tower of Babel itself, um, I think that the, you know, they say that Nimrod was the one that was in charge of building it, but I think that that the goddess cults were actually the ones behind. Um, you know, it's it's oh, interesting. Man, yeah, I, I heard, that, not, I heard that. that. Yeah, thank mm -hmm. you. That is fascinating, man. I remember like the theory of the goddess cults being so bad that uh, that that's why the men lashed back so hard once they did finally right. wrest control. Right. You know, well, and it was uh, Samarimus, and this was the same time when the tower fell, and that um, that uh, um, Nimrod the Elder fled um, was also the same time that Samarimus had her head cut off, and she was reborn as Juno. Right, and that's then you see in Virgil. Um, Virgil talks about Juno coming in from the tower of babel and basically right. setting up the uh communities in spain and around in that area and at one point latinus actually comes and juno's like no you're not settling here she's like you need to go to italy and juno was the one that told saturn to go to italy and set up shop you know interesting yeah wow i'm excited to read your book man <laughs> yeah i'm excited man. to get it all the editing done and everything man you know congratulations for getting like that everything it, everything man. in due time you know so that's it'll really come along. cool right right how long, you've how long have you been doing your this? ass off um i've been uh, researching the nimrod thing oh the nimrod thing probably three three and a half four years now yeah yeah walking down that that trail and see i'm already kind of past all that and i'm kind of delving into uh some of the uh persian and uh kind of getting into a lot of the because like i said i'm i'm in the pro that's what kind of the recordings i'm releasing with the meta mindcast um, i'm kind of doing this esoteric history of planet earth so i'm kind of like getting to the point where i'm getting into the early greeks and like uh i just was really into researching the etruscans and the etruscans as far as getting back to the bull um mm -hmm. they would actually uh they would actually naked they would go out and basically toy with the bull in the arena <laughs> and uh when the bull would charge they would grab the bull by the horns and like flip themselves over the bull mm -hmm. so you know, there's still it, a tradition like, of bull jumping, right? Spain, yeah, right. I, I, re I remember that. Yeah, and, that whole bull and, by the horns, like acrobatic trick. Oh yeah, throw yourself yeah. over the bill. And with the Etruscans, when you get into that whole early Greek area, um, there's documentation that the Egyptians actually came down and set up. Um, it was a, it was a uh, necropolis that they set up, and it was basically. Uh, what was the island there? Um, at Minos. It was on Minos. Right, okay. Uh -huh. And um, this is where the uh, the Minotaur 
was said to be, right? right. That was at mm-hmm. the center of the maze that was eating the children. Um, right. But basically, they had a necropolis that they set up. And when they went in and researched it, um, like they had uh, like soft steps that were never used. They had fake doors carved in that you couldn't open or close. They had like full bathrooms carved out of stone that had no plumbing that you couldn't use as a bathroom. But th- these were all set up as, you know, rooms and, and like places to live for the dead, you know? Huh. Yeah. Wow. Nice. All these like people that uh, ride bull, sit on bulls and get gold buckles and make a big deal out of it. I yep. thought this week, funny enough, synchronicity, I would try this out. So I tried it. Pretty I, easy, I sat huh? on the ball. Yeah, it was pretty fucking wicked easy. I sat on there for probably two, three minutes. I yep. don't know what this eight second thing was about. Uh, you know, it, it was pretty damn easy. I, I, you know, well, you wrote a real bull, or you need a buckle. You jumped on a real bull, yeah. Ben. Yeah, that's, bull. Bull. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a three year old bull. Huh. Well, you know what they do to those bulls, they torture them and pick on them, and then they put a big old strap across their dick, yeah, and they poke them, and they do all this stuff to piss them off on purpose, you know. Huh. It doesn't seem like it would have been great. I wouldn't do that to him. I, I rather like Peter. He's a good boy. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I'm I'm glad to see that people are starting to realize that it's good to get away from this ritualistic animal torture shit because it's not. Uh-huh. It's better as a collective mind to realize, like, no, these are sentient things. We shouldn't we shouldn't fuck right. them up, you know. Right. Do you find that? Do you think it's propaganda going on right now, or do you think the orcas have had it where they're tipping the boats? Hmm. Interesting. I believe that shit because you've did you have you seen the emu war? Dude, Dude yes. Yeah. yes. I just think it's I'm watching humans swim with sharks, like you know, jaws. They like yeah. Hollywood fears us away from all these things. I think the salt oh, water is really it. I was important. About to us. That. I just think yeah, I just think it's so similar. It's like kind of that same idea. If you walk around a bull and you have, you know, they, if you stand still, a bull won't charge you at all. Right, like, you know, right. they show that teacher that has all of her class just stand or there's that whole philosophy like you're like a bull in a china shop, but a bull right. will not break a thing in a china shop. Not, like yeah. it will not break anything. So right. it's uh, I just think it's crazy. Like it's like when the covid thing first started to happen, they were like, look, at there's dolphins swimming through the venice canals like it was all just propaganda so i feel like is this all just a lead up of propaganda so we're like there it's like we're seeing all this stuff now with people swimming with sharks and so they've done all this weird blackfish thing it was obviously really important for them to keep these animals inside cages and so i just Mm. i believe they can do it i know they're smart enough to do it i know that's exactly how they get a seal off an iceberg i just Mm. wonder if it's like more fear porn yeah hmm. i don't know uh, but then there was a pot of 30 of them in the san francisco bay i think or nature is really trying to get our fucking attention man they're really like reaching out well, you, you look, like animals are reaching you, out to to contact people have you well, seen them? Great, 
Yeah, in Alaska, There's... how the uh, the orcas or the killer whales are now attacking boats. Yeah, and the captain's like they knew what they were doing. They came. The, he's been attacked twice by them now. One of the captains. So he well, says. Well, uh, the kid we had a kid on. He has a cool podcast. It's called uh, Cryptids of the Corn. His mm. name's Justin England, and uh, he's an expert. He's actually a scientist, and he was talking to us, telling us stories. I first heard him on the One on One podcast, and it was just a great episode. So we invited him on, and he was telling us how the orcas are uh, out of food, and so they'll they'll get all in a line, and they'll try to attack like a blue whale and get it to run so that they can all chase it in a relay until it gets exhausted. And then when they finally kill it, if they can succeed, they just eat the liver and the tongue. So they're really food starved, you know, from what he said. Crazy. That's a good episode to go check out with Justin England. Cryptids of the Corner is pretty cool, man. Well, that's what no one, it's like everybody always is like wailing, wailing, wailing. But what they did was destroy the shit on the ocean floor. So then it slowly works its way up the food chain. Yeah. Yeah. So you look in Australia, in Australia, farmers had it out with uh, emus and fucking it's called the Great Emu War and they lost. (laughs) <laughs> they always lose in australia no matter the animal they go to war against <laughs> yeah like like they called out the military and the military even tried they tried ambushing these fucking things and <laughs> people were hurt and, shit, and the ambushes wouldn't work they like they they tried hurting them yeah the emus won into, like one. ambushes so they could, yeah the emus fucking won they did not they could not effectively change the people emu now. population and the and emus were straight, like using battle tactic tactics yep. and shit. Nice. Now you know about the whole coyote phenomena, as far as uh, they call out in the night, and if there's one missing, they go into hyperbreeding mode, and that's why we have coyotes in all fifty states now. Hyperbreeding. I didn't know that. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah, I just heard some. I've heard heard them all night since we've been See, talking. Mm. I thought that that wasn't a coyote, but that was a coyote wolf hybrid that they tried to wipe out and that they tried to wipe out and they that that every time they've tried to wipe it out, it comes back stronger. Yeah. In in Maine, um, they just had recent uh, sightings here in the last year or so of uh, it's a red wolf mixed with a coyote. So it's like a new type of koi wolf that they have, you know. Red and I think that's just nature. I mean, you know, life's going to find a way, you know. Jurassic so Park. Jurassic Park. I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they tried to wipe these things out because they're way nastier yep. than uh, yep. coyotes. And it, it, they're basically like a damn tiger muskie. Like yep. they're bigger, they're they got the size of a muskie and the nastiness of a fucking of northern pike. Yeah. Like these things are giant like a wolf and uh more human smart because it's like mm. like a damn street kid and you know, somebody from the wild with like wild genetics mixed together, and right. these things are just nasty. And they've tried to wipe them out a couple times, and every time they just come back stronger. Yep. Yep. 
there's ancient, I don't know. I feel like it's people in Alaska. There's like ancient tribes in Alaska that they believe the killer whale, the orca is the only animal that ever decided to go back into the sea. Mm. Um, and they think the wolf decided to go back into the sea and became the killer whale. And mm. I think it's interesting because if you looked mm. in a way for humans, they say the Nazis would release wolves because it would be the only thing that could competed with humans on a food chain level if they were starving like during war times mm. and uh so there's those thoughts of alaska too where you get into the politics of shooting wolves from helicopters because it's like if humans are starving these are your direct competition and i wonder if killer whales are that on the waterway in the water like maritime mm -hmm. yeah, like they're the highest part of the food chain right. and the kind of the same you know, way like apex, wolves would be apex yeah mm. they definitely are they That's are why a pack, pack animal too. So smart too, smarter yeah. than us. They're crazy smart. Right. Well, that's what he said yeah, on the podcast. I don't think they're the apex predator as far as that goes. Cause like where he talked about that, that blue whale just got pissed about it. Like that's a tactic they use for other whales and other things. It doesn't really work for blue whales, but they started attempting it on blue whales. And the blue whale just got, was just like, yeah, yeah fuck the blue off, whale fuck, fuck them up. So I think the blue they, whale still the apex the predator. Whale? But what I it just opens its mouth and eats like the killer fish. The little uh, tiny blue whales are blue whales are actually carnivores, uh, and they're so they got like them. They uh, that's part of where the whole uh, they figured out that there was giant squids because blue whales would go down in the deep mm -hmm. and have battles with these giant squids. Yeah, yeah. that's the time to disappear, Gene. <laughs> oh like, no the squids too i've seen I'm them wrapped up and yeah. no i've seen them the yeah, squids but, wrap up big animals the, yeah. and they have like yeah, light. It was the, and and the blue whale like eating the squids so these blue whales will go down and have battles with these with these giant that's squids. The sperm whales yeah the blue whales the blue whales i think blue whales. Eat krill they eat krill yeah and the sperm whales, you're talking about the sperm whales. Sperm whales will. You need a bush, Balderson. I don't have, I don't have like the green screen thing. I'm not cool like this. I don't want to get got, all Florida got, on like, you. I, I got like this. I like, <laughs> Thank goodness you would tell if when I was a kid, if when whatever we wanted to be at six and seven years old, we had to have some thing on us. Like if you wanted to be an oceanographer as a kid, you had to have flippers screwed on your feet or if you wanted to be an astronaut you'd have to have a helmet bolted on um that's kind of how i feel about transgender with kids but uh growing up in florida i wanted to be an oceanographer a lot of my life <laughs> yeah look at top of the food chain anywhere you look it up it's the killer whale oh there it goes that's a sperm yeah man sperm whales are Damn. God they damn. Have... They're just dancing. No, this is just an see. animation, right? This, <laughs> this is, is an animation. animation. Yeah. But this Sperm is an animation, though? but these are based on the uh, damage. Based on found. Well, what, yeah. what I was going to say is obviously the sperm whale would fuck a fucking uh, orca up, but I doubt they eat as much because, like, when you look at trees, like when they get all butt hurt when these when people cut down trees, a young growing tree eats up a whole bunch more carbon than an old tree. These old ancient trees that they, they live off of like nothing. So when in these areas where they clear cut uh, 
and rotationally clear cut and then uh, uh, do these carbon burns, mm. really that, that it's actually a carbon negative because these trees, when they're growing, like uh, uh, when that big earthquake, what, what, a hundred years ago now uh, in San Francisco, they wiped out this whole area of redwoods uh, in Santa Cruz to rebuild San Francisco and wiped it out. Mm. Now, in that same time period, in the last hundred years, every one of those uh, redwoods that they wiped out, it sprouted up two or three redwoods out of the stump. Oh, yeah. And they're all hundreds of feet tall, every single well, one of them. And when the redwood falls, right, um, they the new growth actually – they call it a mother tree – and it'll actually sprout up out of that tree. And and those redwoods are one organism as a whole. They're all 